Hi! Welcome back to Emotions and Potions. A love slash hate letter too, with your lovely hosts Ashton. And Alex. Hi Alex! Hello! So today's a really exciting day for us, isn't it? It is. So we finally have two mics in our studio, aka our homes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to your friend Frank. Yes, thank you Frankel. For hooking us up with a mixing board and some mics so now we don't have to share a mic and it's like we just feel a lot more like professional Mm -hmm. though I miss the closeness oh I don't (laughs) rude (laughs) rude I'm just joking I'm just joking now I get to look at your face though yeah hi hi I'm so excited me too and I'm also excited about the book that we're going to be covering today in this week's episode we're getting back to darkness yeah, and we're getting into like a little bit of a monstery romance. Yeah, I think this is going to be our first monster paranormal romance on and, the pod. Yeah, and it's Her Soul to Take by Harley LaRue. And very excited Me too. to debrief about this book because this is also a reread mm-hmm. for both of us. Yep, and we're going to be later on in the podcast, we're going to go over book two and book three when it comes out, which I think it's a post to release in August? Yeah, I think that's what we found. But her soul to take. Book one. Book one. Let's let's just let's just get into it. So before we read the synopsis, we should just give you those content trigger warnings. Yep, there's a lot of them for this one. And you know Harley does a great job because all of these were listed before you even get to the like chapter breakdown. Yes. So we didn't have to really think about these. They were given to us, which I love. Okay, so some content trigger warnings for you, Alex. We have graphic violence and sexual content, cults and occult, human sacrifice. So those are just some uh, content trigger warnings. But don't worry. We got some more to add to that under the kinks and fetishes (laughs) trigger content warnings. Give me the good stuff. So we have consensual non-consent, breath play, choking, blood play, spit play, swallowing bodily fluids, needle play, pain play, Fear play, public play, bondage, restraint, spanking, impact play, erotic humiliation, degradation, and sex without a condom. Is that all? (laughs) Yes, I have finally completed (laughs) my list. (laughs) So yeah, and you see all of that. Like, that's very accurate. Like, all of those things are in this book. So, like we always say, if this is out of your, you know, comfort zone... Heads up. Warning. Proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. But if you stay, you'll be rewarded. Good girl. Yes. Good boy. Yep. Good person. Good person. (laughs) (laughs) So, Alex, now that we have the content trigger warnings, let's read that synopsis. All right. Leon, I earned my reputation among magicians for one reason. One wrong move and you're dead. Killer, they called me. And killing is what I'm best at. Except her. The one I was supposed to take. The one I should have killed. I didn't. The cult that once controlled me wants her, and I'm not about to lose my new toy to them. Ray. I've always believed in the supernatural. Hunting for ghosts is my passion, but summoning a demon was never part of the plan. Monsters are roaming in the woods, and something ancient, something evil, is waking up and calling my name. I don't know who I can trust or how deep this darkness goes. All I know is my one shot at survival is the demon stalking me, and he doesn't just want my body, he wants my soul. Her Soul to Take is book one in the Souls trilogy. 
although all the books are interconnected, they are standalone and can be read in any order. I really like that synopsis. I think that's one of the best ones that we've had on the pod. Like, I think that it gives... It sucks you in right away. Yeah. Like that. And I feel like it's it's broad enough, but specific enough at the same time. Like, you know, you're going to get like a demon romance. Yeah. You know, there's going to be some dark, magical, supernaturally things happening. I think that that is like a very well done synopsis. And like, as I was listening to you, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to read this. But like, obviously, we've already <laughs> we just it. read this but, for the second time. <laughs> but like, you know. That's what I love in a good synopsis. So I, I think, well done. Thank you. Thank you, Harley. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay, so Alex, what do you have in store for us this week with the potion element of emotions and potions? All right, so the potion I'm calling Sage Off Duty. Like Demon Off Duty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, Sage, magical person. Yep. And I feel like both of our characters kind of go off duty at points in this story. I like that. So what what is in this Sage's Off-Duty? So this is a take on two different cocktails. Um, it's a gin and tonic and a bee's knees kind of combined together with an Alex flair. Okay. <laughs> so it's um, Hendrix Midsummer Gin. And then I made a mint tea with some honey and pineapple sage. Oh, okay. And some homemade limoncello, some homemade... <laughs> Mint simple syrup. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> and then top it off with some tonic water. Okay. Whoa. This seems very interesting. And then, of course, you know, garnish it with some fresh spearmint and um, pineapple sage. Cheers. Cheers. From across the couch for the right? first time. <laughs> Instead of like right on top <laughs> right of each, on other. each other. Ooh. That's good. That is good. I think a gin and tonic and a bee's knees need to be together more often. Yeah, because, you know, I'm not a huge fan of just, like, a gin and tonic. It's not sweet enough. There's, you know, it's just, it doesn't. But, like, this, like, I'm not a huge tonic water person. But with the tea as more of just, like, a additional mixer, like, mm -hmm. I like that. That's really good. Gives it a little bit more flavor. Yeah, and it's very, it's refreshing. And it definitely is, like, it's giving me earthy vibes. Because of, like, you know, obviously, like, the tea, the sage. Yeah, and I also picked the mint and sage because in the book, Leon always talks about how Ray smells like mint and sage. So, again, you know, picking up little details from the book and making a cocktail out of it. And it's so funny because Alex does not, like, she obviously prepares these in the sense of she knows what she's making before the episode. But, like, you don't practice. no. You, it's no. kind of just like you get an idea and then day of, you're like, I hope this works. Like, yep. let's go. And it's insane because I haven't had a bad drink. Yes. And I don't like alcohol. So <laughs> I'll take <laughs> like, it. You have some skills, girl. And I just want to shout you out. Thanks. Yes. So this um, potion will, the recipe will be on our Instagram, Emotions and Potions Pod, on our TikTok, same, Emotions and Potions Pod. And then just, you know, feel free when you're there to subscribe, follow, share, whatever. All the things. All the things. So, Alex, are you ready just to uh, get into Let's her get soul into to this take? story. All right, because it's going to be a journey, y'all. So buckle in, get you a potion. A snack. A snack. We're about to ruin this book in the best way. <laughs> or the worst way, depending on how you like it. <laughs> okay, so her soul to take. Leon and Ray, they are going to be our two main characters. Leon, obviously a demon. Ray, human. Human, 
ghost hunter. Not so extraordinaire on that part. No, no. Okay, so her soul to take starts off with Leon, a demon, being summoned by his master, Kent Hadley, talking about how the first sacrifice is about to finally be made to their old god. Kent has ordered Leon to go dig up the body of 21-year-old Marcus Kynes and bring him to the old mine in the woods slash cemetery slash... There's a lot going on at this, like, mine shaft. Yeah, like an abandoned mine that also is near a church. Yeah, that's, that's a big rundown. cathedral, but it's also in the woods, like in yeah. the middle of the woods. It, there's just a lot going because on. Because the mine this. hasn't been in order, like in running working order for a while. So it's just like everything around it has like grown over and no one's really developed anything right. near it. So Leon digs up Marcus's body and takes him to the mine where Kent and his followers, including his son and daughter, Victoria and Jeremiah, and his bastard daughter, Everly, are waiting for the sacrifice, wearing robes and these stag-like masks, along with, you know, 20-plus other cult members. Jeremiah and Leon head to the mine where Jeremiah throws Marcus's body down, since Jeremiah was the one who killed Marcus. Yay, respect for the dead. Yep, so the sacrifice was his. Ray has just made the drive from California to Ablem, Washington, a small town in which she grew up in until she was about seven, where her parents still own a cabin in the woods where she will be staying with her cat, Cheesecake. She plans on finishing her last year of college at the local university. She visits her childhood friend, Inya, at her bookstore, where Ray comes across a very old handwritten book that happens to be a grimoire spellbook. Inya gives Ray the book since Ray is into all things spooky. She is currently a like podcaster, ghost hunter, like has a vlogger. YouTube channel. Inya and Ray reminisce about their childhood and the weird legends people in town believe, including the story of miners getting trapped in the old mine where they had to eat each other to survive and the rumors of an old god that is down there. Ray asks about the old slash condemned church, St. Thaddeus, that is still out by the abandoned mineshaft, because obviously this piques her interest. Kent Hadley is also the head of the historical society and is obsessed with historical sites. Ray is back at the cabin settling in when she feels like she's being watched. Her phone then rings, showing it's her mom calling. They catch up and talk about her dad's superstitions and when it comes to his hometown of Ablem and why they ever moved away since Ray loves this town so much. Her parents are in the process of making the move to Spain. So they MIA. Yeah, that's a very bold choice. <laughs> yeah. So after her phone call, Ray starts looking through the spell book and comes across a drawing of a man and the Latin translating to operation for the summoning and binding of the killer. She knows that this is showing how to summon a demon, something that she has never done before slash never really had the intention of ever doing. Slash never should do? No. As she's laying in bed that night watching clickbait summoning paranormal-like videos that are her competition that have also been receiving much more views than her, more boring but real videos, Ray is feeling the pressure of becoming an adult and needs something big and good for her next video. So she's feeling that pressure. I will say, as someone who is also into, like, spooky, supernatural stuff, I would rather watch Ray's channel versus... That, like, clickbaity, yeah. like, fake mm -hmm. stuff. Don't get yeah. me wrong. This can be entertaining, but, like, I also like the history and the lore behind stuff, so I feel like I would be more drawn to Ray's channel. But a lot of people aren't, so she's definitely feeling that, like, oh, God, I need to do something or I have to give this up. <laughs> 
So Ray is on campus at Ablum University for her first day of class. The university is described as being very gothic looking. And of course, it's gray and rainy. I mean, you know, that's the Pacific Northwest for you. <laughs> Just before the semester started, a student was murdered on campus, which has the whole campus talking. After class, Ray is wandering the campus taking pictures of the architecture when she comes across the building in which the murder happened. It's all taped off, obviously indicating that the crime happened there. And she runs into a very attractive male. And he's low-key an asshole towards her, but she likes that. She's like, God, my typical type, like, asshole guy. Come on, Ray. Raylan then notices his uniform, which indicates that he works as a security guard. As she is talking to this guard, she feels this type of pressure around her throat, almost like someone is choking her, and a pressure on her skull, like someone is, like, low-key kind of stepping on it. Once she answers the guard's questions, the pressure abruptly stops, and as she's walking away, she trips over her own feet, and her bag spills all over the ground. She spills her coffee. I mean, really embarrassing. And, of course, all of this happens right in front of the really hot guy. Um, I would just like to say that's probably something that would happen to me. Yeah, she definitely sounds like a Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Which is funny. Like, to. I slightly identify with Ray in this book, but then I also don't. Right. I think some of her characteristics are very much Alex on brand. As she's collecting all of her belongings, Inya comes running up. She tells Ray that the new guard's name is Leon. Inya also introduces Ray to Jeremiah and Victoria Hadley, where they talk about Ray and Marcus's murder. Ray then gives Victoria and kind of Jeremiah her phone number. He steals that number from his sister. Yeah. Like Ray is giving it to Victoria and he's like jotting it down. Yeah. Like... Okay, Jeremiah. So Kent has now ordered Leon to be the guard outside of the building in which Marcus was killed. So that is why Leon is there. He is on security detail. The first sacrifice not only stirred the old god, but it also awakened the Eld, which are ancient beasts of the forest who are sustained only by blood, magic, and pain. So awesome things. Yeah. Definitely not creepy. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Soon they will become restless and creep from the depths of the forest to hunt. So Leon being a demon can like sense this stirring and he can kind of sense this otherworldly being kind of slowly waking up. Because he's a part of that as well. Yeah. But gods and demons obviously don't get along. So Leon's kind of low-key like, I don't want this god to wake up. Either. Yeah, because like isn't the lore within this book like the gods used to rule hell. And the demons kicked him out. Yeah. And they sent him to... Earth. Earth. Leon's job is to keep them away, the Eld, from town and from people of Ablum since Kent doesn't want panic from the townspeople if these monsters start showing up in town. We then get Leon and Ray's interaction from Leo, Leon's point of view, and he is very intrigued with Ray from, like, the get, that, like, he likes that she's bratty and brave. Like, he likes that she... And very combative. Back. Yeah, because she, like, the interaction that they have is, like, just very, like, pent up, like. Like, you're not going to tell me what to do. Because she's like, excuse you. But she's also, like, so Ray is depicted as being, like, five foot. Like, I picture, like, she's very petite, like, very small girl. She's kind of, like, the, like, East girl-like style. She's mm -hmm. very, like, you know, she wears plaid skirts and, like, combat boots and she has glasses and whatever. That's kind of her aesthetic. And then you have Leon, who is, like, huge blonde, probably well over six feet. And he yeah. obviously looks intimidating. Tatted, piercings. piercings. Bad boy vibes. Sign me up. 
Yes. And also, like, demons give off this, like, predator sense. So, like, even though humans don't know that they're demons because they have human disguises, it kind of tweaks your, like, flight or flight responses. Mm -hmm. And people tend to stay away from, like, Leon. But it doesn't tweak Ray's. No. Because this bitch has a fear kink. Mm -hmm. So she This is where her and I differ. Yes. And she definitely likes Leon's vibe that he is giving off. So Leon, as a demon, can manipulate or stir feelings slash sensations. So he's the one causing Ray to feel like a hand is around her throat and the one who caused Ray to trip and fall. So he kind of did that to her. Asshole. Rude. He also doesn't like that she is hanging with the Hadley clan because he knows that they're bad news. Leon finds Ray later that evening on the quad looking into the haunted history of the town they have some enemy, like, bants in this scene, and he wants her away from St. Thaddeus. Like, he is like, there's no need for you to be going to this old abandoned church. Like, stay away from it. She hears, go. <laughs> yeah. Ray tries to get Leon to tell her haunted stories about the town, and Leon, and Leon just turns their encounter sexual. Like, real quick. Leon is the best, like, dirty talk oh my that I've goodness. read in a long time. So good. And it's so great. And, like, it starts off instantly. Like, the first interaction they have. And it only gets better. So he also has started calling Raylan Doll as kind of, like, a mock term of endearment, which I think is, like, kind of funny and cute. Leon annoys Ray enough that she gets up and leaves. And the last thing she tells him is she isn't a tourist and that she was born here. Because he's kind of like, there's no reason for this to be piquing your interest. Like, do the touristy shit. Like, stay away from. Yeah. And she's like, I'm from here. You don't know me. You don't know me. Ray walked home from campus and thought about how much of a dick Leon is, but also about how much he turned her on. And yeah, how, how much was, she wants that dick. Yeah, and how much he was very much her type. Ray then begins to touch herself, picturing Leon while in the shower. And Ray likes the consent, non-consent like the being taken advantage of during consensual role play. So this is the type of scene that she is picturing while pleasuring herself. She comes hard to the thought of Leon punishing her for being bratty. So you can already kind of tell what types of things like Ray is into. Insta-lust right here. Yes. And like obviously Leon being a demon loves that type of shit too. So just foreshadowing. Foreshadowing the foreplay. Ray gets a text from Victoria inviting her to an arts festival that is happening downtown in the next few days after this masturbation scene. Ray makes her way and meets up Victoria, Jeremiah, and Inya where she is also introduced to Kent Hadley. The three girls start drinking wine and wandering through the festival when Ray stops at a booth of a handmade tarot cards. Sign me up. That happens to be Everly's table. Victoria has Everly do a reading for Ray after being just so bitchy. Obviously, Victoria does not like Everly. The first card indicating change, but she was unable to complete the reading since someone interrupted looking to make a purchase. I think it was the tower that got pulled. Yeah. It's not specified. So I think the tower was the second, and then she did get a glimpse of the last card, which was death. Yeah, I think, so the, I think, second, was, I think the second card was ten of swords. Yep. So I think it was tower, ten of swords, and then death. And then death. Which girls. I don't want that combination in a reading. No. No, and I think that that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> that that is a very... That is not reading. a good combination. 
that reading is your world's about to get fucked up. And death doesn't always mean actual physical death. Or just like something is ending. Like something is ending and the closing of one chapter and then, you know, opening of a new one. But then sometimes it does mean literal death. So the three girls find a bar where they continue to hang out. Ray then realizes that Leon and a friend of his are also at the same bar and they both keep glancing at her. Ray tries to eavesdrop on their conversation and is able to pick up very little. Leon and his friend make their way out of the restaurant and Ray excuses herself for a smoke break. Very subtle, Ray. Yeah, smoke that dick. (laughs) Leon calls Ray over, seeing through her smoke break attempt of getting closer to him. He introduces his friend as Zane, and Ray asks if they're brothers, which Leon responds, I don't think most people fuck their brothers. Oh, oh, Leon. (laughs) Leon calls Ray out about what she's doing outside and offers to make it easier on her. He wants to play a game. And he gives her a safe word, Mercy. And the game is making Raylan come. Raylan is deaf all for this, but also talks back because she's a brat, obviously. Leon has Zane keep watch as he starts his game with Ray. He first makes her tell him how badly she wants him to make her come, which she does. She wraps her arms around his neck and he starts to finger her just there in the alley. Ray was being loud, so Leon moves his hand from her throat to over her mouth in hopes of keeping her quiet. The real hand, not the phantom hand. Not the phantom hand, the real hand. Ray comes and Leon holds up her vape to her mouth. As she takes a hit, he licks one of his fingers and then lets Zane lick the other in front of Ray. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right? That scene, that moment in that scene did something for me. <laughs> As like they're both keeping eye contact with her. Just in this alley. And Ray's kind of like, obviously she wanted that to happen because she's very into, like, she's very attracted to Leon. Yeah. But she's also kind of, I think, being like, oh my God, what did I just do? (laughs) (laughs) Like the stranger, I just let him get me off in the alley. Finger bang me and lick it and let his friend lick it. Oh my gosh. He thanks her for playing and him and Zane leave her in the alley flustered as they walk away chuckling. She should have thanked him for the pleasure. I know. And, like, one of the great things in this in this scene is Leon. He indicates that he wants to play with her, but she's the game. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't they're think not she's... in a, It's not like they're in a mutual game. It's like he is playing with her. Like, yeah. he is toying with her. And I don't think she's fully realizing that. Not yet. Zane calls Leon out on his new obsession by the name of Ray. We learn that demons have two names. So Leon is the name in which he is called or introduced, but they also have a name that summons them, which can only be in writing. His name is written in the spell book that the Hadleys have had. So they have complete control over him and have had control over him for about 100 years, for generations. Random side note to that. (laughs) When that got explained, why did I think of the musical Cats? When they talk about how cats have two names, they're given human name and then like their inner cat name that you're not (laughs) supposed to know. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, it is kind of similar, but yeah, you would think of cats though. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) So Kent has been calling Leon using his spoken name, which just feels like a nudge. So he's kind of been ignoring it. When he is summoned with his written name, he has no choice. It's like his summoner has complete control 
if they have his written name. He finally gives into the call where he notices Kent is twitchy and not as put together as normal. Leon then also notices Kent doesn't have the spell book, which he always has on him because it's like his probably most prized possession. Kent orders Leon to kidnap the next sacrifice, a girl by the name of Raylan Lawson. He wants Leon to make it look like she got into a car accident and then bring her to St. Thaddeus that night alive and blindfolded. He tells Kent no, since he can't force Leon to do anything without his written name. Jeremiah then runs his mouth, pissing Leon off to the point where Leon is choking him to death, literally, and makes Kent release him from his control for his son's life because obviously Leon picks up that he doesn't have the spell book instantly. Yeah, he can't feel like that magical presence of it. Right, so he knows that something's up with the spell book. So Kent releases Leon and Leon disappears. Kent also has a protective amulet that he always wears that protects him from harm slash like demons powers. So just as a kind of side note as to why like Leon hasn't like attacked Kent, he physically can't because of Mm -hmm. this amulet medallion thing. Ray's walking home from campus when she starts to smell rot, something dead. She then glances into the forest and makes out this dead looking carcass thing in the bush with a long black tongue and like a stag head. She convinces herself it was no, something. Thank you. Yeah, no. No. She convinces herself it was something from the art festival and she just continues walking. She can hear branches breaking and she can still smell something dead. But as she looks back, the thing is now gone. So she's like, I think I'm I think I'm just like something's playing a trick on me. Like I think I'm hallucinating. Carlates start to get closer when the driver stops and opens the door telling Ray to get in. And it's none other than Leon. He starts lecturing Ray about walking in the woods at night. Ray then tells him it's none of his business. And then he tells her to get in the car because he's taking her home. Which she then learns that he knows where she lives because he just drives her right to the house. Red flag number 52. (laughs) He then tells Ray to start driving to campus and to not go outside after dark. And he's kind of being like strict with her, which she's like being bratty about per usual. He then tells her if she disobeys him, there will be consequences next time before speeding away. Punish me. Punish me, daddy. So Ray is watching the video that some students took when they found Marcus's body on campus. And he was, like, brutally killed. Like, multiple stab wounds, bruising, lots of blood. And Ray is questioning why this isn't a bigger deal, especially on campus, and the fact that they have no leads as to who this killer is. But she's kind of like, they're taking this, like, a little bit too nonchalantly. Yeah, why is everyone super chill about this? Ray is on her way to St. Thaddeus to film a fluff piece in hopes to get views. She has brought everything she needs for a summoning, including the spell book, but she doesn't plan on actually completing the ritual. Because it's a fluff piece. Right, it's a fluff piece. She's kind of desperate. She records backstory about the three miners that survived being trapped for two weeks in the mine in nineteen or eighteen ninety-nine, and their stories of there being an underground god. As she is reaching out to spirits, she realizes that she feels nothing. And that maybe coming out here alone was a bad idea. Because normally she says that she can f- normally feel some type of And also, energy. like, she can't even hear, like, the wo- like the woodland creatures and stuff. Like, no right. crickets. It's just deathly quiet, which is kind of alarming. Yeah. So Ray begins to set up her scene, including her summoning circles, candles, and the spell book. 
as Ray is recording and doing her fake summoning, she Murphys it and accidentally cuts her finger and her blood starts to actually summon something. It starts to boil and smoke and the circle is now disappearing. Which is exactly why you shouldn't be fucking with this shit. Yeah. And then there just appears this very tall, large man that has golden eyes in front of her out of nothing. So Leon loves making an entrance when he's summoned. He's here for the drama, mama. So as he is being summoned, he pulls out all the tricks, the increased rain and wind. He added in some some smoke slash fog, and he was pretty content. Theater kid at heart? Yeah. Mr. Leon? So Leon is also known as the killer. Remember that. (laughs) Yep. So he recognizes Ray as his summoner. So he cuts the dramatics and puts his human facade back in place. His golden eyes turning back to green and his claws turning back to human looking hands. Ray thinks that Leon is playing a prank on her. And Leon is pissed that one, she disobeyed his orders about staying away from St. Thaddeus. And two, that she has no protection from the summoning that she just did. And three... He also notices the camera and realizes she put herself in danger for a video. Yep. And Leon is pissed. And also, like, with all of the special effects that were happening, it's like, where's the equipment for it? You know what I mean? Like, come on, Ray. Right, yeah. And Ray is really, like, convinced that Leon is just, like, shitting with her. Leon then presses Ray against the pew and tells her that she disobeyed and that she knew what would happen if she disobeyed him. So he has her hands above her head and his other hand gripping her jaw. He can also tell she is turned on by this, which he really likes. Yeah, because he can like sense humans' emotions. And I think he can like smell like arousal and stuff. And like smell fear. Yeah, like he's more in tune to that type of thing. To supernatural powers. Yeah. So Leon is trying to get the spell book back from Ray, but she isn't having that. She's like, no, this is my book. And he's like, give me the damn book. And demons can't take the book or a spell book by force. It has to be willingly given to Mm -hmm. them. Consent. Consent. He tells Ray that if she runs out of this church, that he will chase her slash hunt her down. And when he catches her, he will make her scream. She calls his bluff and runs out of the church Leon is confident she will come to him, but his main goal is to make sure she makes it out of the woods without being killed by the elves. So our girl Ray realizes she's fucked up, and she's running through the woods back towards her car, and the now familiar smell of rotting flesh hits her. Yum. And she makes her first smart decision, which is to not run, as to not incite a predator to chase her. She makes it back to her car unharmed and heads home to shower off the encounter of what has just happened. And she gets a strange feeling that she's being watched from the woods. So she goes to check the window, doesn't see anything, and then she does make sure the deadbolt is locked and goes to bed. The next day, which is a Sunday, Ray checks the footage she recorded and she's worried that like she may have lost something or like with all the effects that were happening that it like corrupted the file, whatnot. But she has the whole encounter with Leon on film. Now she's looking back at the summoning ritual. She's starting to piece together that Leon is the demon. So we get a little time jump to the next day. It's Monday and Ray's back at school, still not able to like fully come to terms with the fact that Leon 
is the killer demon that she summoned. Yeah, because there's like one clip in the in the video footage that she got that like actually shows, like, shows the demon like like his demon face morphing into his human face and like his eyes, but they're the gold from the grimoire. Yeah, and it's literally like a one second yeah clip, but it is there. So like Ray is starting to fully come to terms, like. She's in denial, but she's also kind of like, there's no other explanation. Yeah, she's like, I have it on video. Right. But doesn't really want to accept it, which is funny for someone who believes in paranormal. It's like, here's your proof. Here's your evidence. But you're still like, nah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird reaction from a ghost hunter. Yeah. For <laughs> someone who, like, fully believes in this. Like, right. it's not like she's a skeptic. And trying to rationalize things. It's probably more so her just being in denial of the fact that she's actually seeing this. Because I feel like this is the type of magic or witchcraft or super normal paranormal stuff that she has always wanted to stay away from. Because she knows the severity of actual, like, ghosts yeah. and paranormal things. It's just very contradictory. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? She's ready to confront him anyways. Even though she's not fully so- sold on the whole Leon's a demon thing, she's still ready to confront his ass. So she catches him on campus, and he winds up, like, putting his arm around her shoulder and starts leading her away from people and campus. But she's also like, oh, my God, Leon is touching me. <laughs> but also like, oh, my God, Leon is touching me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that juxtaposition of, like, fear and arousal. Yeah. That's, like, her happy place. Yeah. And as he's leading her away, he's demanding for the grimoire. And Ray is still stubborn about not giving up the book. And she's kind of chickened out on confronting Leon about being a demon. Well, doesn't she kind of, like, call him out being like, I know what you are. And he's like, say it. And then she's kind of like, hmm. And he's like, oh, I thought you were so sure. I thought you knew. (laughs) Why can't you say it, little Ray? Why can't you say it, doll? (laughs) Ray's defiance makes Leon more excited to break her. And he wants to do absolutely filthy things to her. That's his quote. (laughs) Oh, Leon. Unable to contain her sexual desire and slight terror, Ray just runs. (laughs) See ya. Leon is upset that Ray ran off due to the Eld and the Hadleys being after her. And it's bothering him that Raylan doesn't have any sense of self-preservation. No, she definitely just throws herself into whatever without like really head thinking. first, not thinking about consequences. No. And she's like she's too brave. Mm-hmm. She's like brave to the point of like stupidity. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. And like Leon kind of picks up on this instantly where he's like he's attracted to the fact that but she's brave, also infuriated by it. But it also really pisses him off. And, you know, he doesn't want her soul consumed by the god. No. He wants it. Exactly. He wants to consume it and her. Yeah, he... And something that was said by Zane earlier on is that Leon becomes obsessed with things. Mm-hmm. And Zane kind of is like, bro, you need to check yourself because you, you have crazy eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Leon will become obsessed with things to the point where, like, he does stupid stuff and doesn't right. fully think things through. Yeah. And, like, he's on his way of, like, being obsessed with Ray. Yeah. So he follows after her, and Ray is heading towards the local church. Not the abandoned one, the one that's, like, in town, fully functioning. Because, you know, she thinks the church is going to save her from the demon. But, I mean, like, 
that's probably what I would do. <laughs> like, if I was Ray, that's kind of where I would go. Um, but, you know, uh, newsflash, Leon's able to enter it. Yeah, let's... It doesn't... No, it, it doesn't, doesn't stop him. him. <laughs> In the church, Ray and Leon begin to play a little game of hide-and-seek. While Ray puts up... A, it's a very comedic kind of fight. Yeah. She's... She tries to bash him and bludgeon him with a crucifix. Yeah, I mean, she hits him pretty hard in and the back like, of the head. Be gone, demon. <laughs> be gone, demon. And he's just kind of like, Stop. he's like, well, that did, like, he's, he was like, if I wasn't a supernatural, she definitely would have knocked me out. Yeah. But he's also like, girl, can what you are please you doing? stop already? Like, <laughs> like that's not how it works. <laughs> and Ray finally does accuse him of being the demon that he is. And of course, Leon owns up to it. Yeah, Leon's not hiding it. No, he just wants her to say it out loud. Yeah, he's he's known that he's been caught. Yeah, he's like, good job, you figured it out, right? <laughs> and just as their hide and seek game is about to potentially turn sexy, because mm. it was starting to get that way, all their encounters start to get that way. <laughs> <laughs> An eld beast appears in town. That's not a good sign. In the church. In the church. So church doesn't protect you from anything. Nope. <laughs> False sense of security. <laughs> right? But Leon tells Ray, the game is on pause, doll. I don't think I'm done with you yet. Hold while I go defeat this thing. Yeah, and it's then like, let me save your life and then we'll fuck. Yeah. And then we're gonna <laughs> And then I'm gonna punish you. And, and then, then we're gonna pick this up, alright? <laughs> Ray gets freaked out by the Eld and pleads with Leon to do something, which he responds with mocking her about now you want my help? <laughs> oh please, Leon, please save me save from me. the beastie. <laughs> He's such a dick. I love it. Leon starts to go into his demon form and destroys the Eld. Ray thanks him for saving her and wants to know why Leon wants the grimoire and why the Elder after her. And he explains that they're attracted to the magic. And since she is in possession of the spell book, they're going to continue to come after her. And especially since she's marked for the god. But at this point, he hasn't really Leon told her doesn't about tell that her part. this. Yeah. He knows that. She don't know that part. Yeah, she does not realize the cult element yet. Mm -hmm. She doesn't understand, like, the Hadleys. And I think at this point, Leon just really wants his name back. Yeah. So he's not wanting to help her any more than he really has to to get this back. And also, she's already put up this much of a fight with it, accepting the fact that he's a demon. She's probably not going to accept the whole, you're meant to be a sacrifice Right. Yeah. And he lets her know that the book is the last thing on earth that contains his sigil, his name, and he wants it destroyed so he can go back to hell because he's done with earth and people. He's been in this servitude for a hundred years. He misses his home, like hell. He misses his life there. He kind of just misses his freedom and just wants to be able to, like, go. Yeah, because, like, you know what I kind of was thinking about in, like, the element of him being, like, this this prisoner it like gives me very much like genie from aladdin yeah minus like obviously leon doesn't have three wishes mm -hmm. you're you can control him for as long as you can keep him under control yeah but like it gives me very much this like he has this unlimited power like he's very strong but he's weak when it comes to the person who is his summoner mm -hmm. and it's like really sad it it's, is i like feel bad for leon and leon does let ray know that once he has the grimoire Eld may not stop hunting her, but he has a deal for her. 
if she agrees to give him her soul, he will protect her. That's all I need. Just give me your soul. Just give me your soul. Just, it's, that's nothing. Just, just sign it over. Yeah. Ray is not up for this bargain. Huh. She's like, you've got to be tripping if you think I'm going to give you my soul. That's a very big commitment. Uh, yeah. And also, and you know, everything that we know, selling your soul to a demon or not the good. devil, like you, it's not. No. So she's like, hell to the no. No pun intended on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. So the next best thing for Leon is to kind of taunt Ray about how much she wants him sexually. Oh, because Leon is definitely in tuned to what turns her on. Yeah. And it's him. <laughs> yeah. So I can't have your soul, but give me your puss. Yeah. Basically. This slight degradation exchange that starts happening gets very hot and bothered. And Leon wants her to tell him exactly what she wants. He's like, be specific. Tell me. To which Ray replies, bend me over and fuck my cunt, please. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. No, that's literally a direct quote. Yeah. <laughs> Cue the church graveyard sex scene. What a great written smutty scene. Yeah, because during the whole like altercation with the eld, they've made it outside to the church graveyard. So that's where we're at right now. Yep. On um, some highlights of this sex scene. As we got ripping and shredding of clothes. Love it. Lots of dirty talk. Love like, it. Top notch dirty talk. Oh yeah. Leon is standing, and so is Ray, and he, like, grabs her and, like, flips her upside down and starts eating her out while standing. <laughs> and, you know, like, blood is going to her head. But he's just feasting. But he's feasting, and we find out he has a forked tongue. Yes. Yep. Demons have forked tongues. So she's getting eaten out by, by a forked tongue. tongue. And, like, it does some tricks. Yeah, and I think also his, like, claws come out. So yeah. as he's, like, gripping her hips, he's also, like, kind of cutting, cutting into her, her a, a little, little bit. bit. Not, like, gruesomely, but, like, no. little, like, pricks. Mm -hmm. But, like, Ray also likes pain. Yeah. So, like, she's into all of this. Lots like, of sensations happening at once. But if, oh, my God, could you imagine being upside down like that? A guy holding you like that? And, no. Like, what? I mean, I kind of like to right um, but like that's a lot like they that's have to be a lot. strong yeah. dude you're that is some strength you're that's, putting a lot of trust into the person doing that to you that is a lot of yeah you gotta be strong we also get a lovely description of leon's penis in this yes um so he has two additional ridges like at the head of his penis and like a swell underneath which increases his girth yeah, he's just big. He's got a lot going on down there. So if you wanted to know what a demon dick was like, there you go. There you go. Super ridgy, super thick, mm -hmm. super big. After a very rough outdoor fuck, Leon takes Ray home, and she's going to give him a grimoire. I guess he pleased her well enough that she's like, okay, you can have it. Okay, I guess I'm just like, you've worn me down. You, I'm in the sex haze. Ask me anything. I will give you anything you want. <laughs> I <will> say yes. <laughs> you just destroyed me, so Maybe he should whatever. have tried re-asking for her soul here. Yeah. <laughs> she probably would have said yes. Oh, for sure. You're like, you're telling me that I could have that for eternity? <laughs> yes. Where, where do I sign? <laughs> Leon is having a little mental battle about why he offered her 
the deal because he's ready to like get away from Earth. So he's kind of like, why did I, why did I do that? Because you're obsessed. <laughs> On the walk back to Ray's, Leon does fill her in about Kent Hadley and his ancestors being his previous summoners and about how Ablum is like a magnet for magic. They don't know why, but it just seems to be like this magnetic like source. Hub. Yeah, mm-hmm. this magic magical hub or something. And that Ray should probably consider getting as far away from Ablum as possible. Raylan isn't fully buying all this information and thinks it could just be a trick for her to agree to give him her soul. Yeah, because Leon probably didn't really think this one through because he's literally just asked her for her soul and she said no, obviously. And now he's also telling her like, oh, by the way, like, it's not just the grimoire. Like, you're in danger because... Like, here's some other magical shit that's happening. Like, these monsters are coming after you because you're a sacrifice. And yeah. she's kind of just like, no. And, she's like, and the Hadleys are behind and the Hadleys, she's like, they're all so nice. Like, they've been nothing but nice to me. Yeah. And she's like, I'm, you're a demon who wants my soul. And now you're telling me this. But, like, you've had ample opportunity to tell me this before. Before. Why should I trust you? Right. So valid. Valid. But, but she needs to believe him. But also, he's yet to lie to her. When they get to Ray's house, they notice it's been broken into and trashed, and the grimoire is missing. Dun, dun, dun. And our poor beloved cheesecake winds up being taken mm-hmm. by one of the Eld Beasts. Yeah, cheesecake is outside on the porch, and of course the Eld Beasts are in the lawn. And it's like cheesecake was like doing the cat thing and like puffing up and like trying to protect his home and his person. And she blinks and he's gone. And I feel like cheesecake descriptor. It's a lot like my cat Scotch. Scotch. Yeah, that's exactly who I was picturing. I'm like, oh my god, cheesecake is Scotch. Leon goes after the Eld and tells Raylan to stay inside and lock the doors. Of course she doesn't listen. But I kind of can't blame her for not listening here because, like, her cat has been taken. Right. I would probably be doing the same thing. And she went. Uh, she takes a bat and starts patrolling the perimeter of the house, like, ready to just, like, beat, oh my god. beat a, a monster. <laughs> To get her oh cat God. back. Leon defeats the Eld and is pissed that Ray didn't listen. He's like, are you flipping kidding me? What were you going to do with the bat? He's like, a bat? It's like, I, okay, Leon, I get it, but like. Her cat. Her cat. Cheesecake. And most importantly, Leon did save cheesecake. Yeah. And like, it was really cute because he got a little bit more hurt. Because, because he was he trying was to protect trying, the cat. He was trying to save. And that was really. Sweet. Sigh of relief for me because I my anxiety like nerves started to. If, they, if Harley kills off cheesecake, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I would have been done I'm, with the book. I'm closing it up, and we're not doing this for the pod. Especially since like cheesecake's descriptors is very much like one of my cats, so it's just like mm-mm. Nope. I felt oh, like yeah. you would have killed off my cat, and that's just not happening. He does order Ray once again to stay inside until sunrise, and. Burn some cinnamon, rosemary, and sage leaves and leave the lights on. Because the Eld hate light and then, like, these herbs should kind of... They don't like the herbs either. It's like a protection thing should kind of help keep them away. This time, thankfully, Ray does listen and does all the things. And she starts thinking about the hometown she once loved as a child. It's no longer the fairy tale she thought it was. No. It's the complete opposite. Yeah, it's a freaking living nightmare. Seriously. And the next day, Ray has to go back to school. 
thankfully, she decides to drive. Ray decides to ditch lunch with Inya and Victoria and heads to the library to edit video footage from St. Thaddeus. And in walks Leon, who sees what she's doing and warns her against posting that footage. He tries getting her to take his deal once again, which Ray's still not interested in, and is still not buying his story about the mine, the god, and the cult. So naturally, the conversation switches to Ray's sexual desires and how she needs to be punished. And he's like, you didn't forget that you still have a punishment. Yeah, you disobeyed me. And I warned you what would happen. Mm-hmm. So Leon tells her to spread her legs and get ready for him in the middle of the library. So we got some public, some public play coming mm-hmm. out in the library. But isn't that like everyone's like college fantasy is like doing it in the, the library or something? <laughs> yeah. Ray obeys and is awaiting for her punishment to be delivered. But Leon walks out of the library. Leaving Ray with some major blue lady balls. Punishment. Don't mess with Leon because he <laughs> will punish you. Like It just may not be what you want. Yeah, maybe not the punishment that you think you're getting. It wasn't the punishment I thought we were getting. No, but it's definitely punishment all the same. For the reader, too. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I was ready Ray, for... You're, mess- you're making us miss out on a sex scene. <laughs> I was Girl, so ready for like the library sex scene. Right? We didn't get Nothing. it. When Ray is at home... The following day, she's dodging invite text messages from Victoria and Jeremiah. They're just really trying to, like, get her to go out with them. Yeah, and she's kind of, like, she still doesn't fully believe what Leon is telling about telling her about them. But, like, they are laying it on thick. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, it's like Victoria would text her and she would say no. And it would be like she would then come up with something else. And it's just like. And then Jeremiah would chime in. It was just like, like oh, oh I know you're dodging my sister's text like it's a a lot it's like sus like anyone would kind of be like what is your deal like why are you obsessed with me kind of thing yeah so she's like kind of being weary of them but still not fully believing leon's tale of cults and sacrifices (laughs) (laughs) she winds up hearing something outside again so she takes the trusty bat and she grabs a knife and goes to investigate and winds up swinging the bat at leon Who's holding three El Beast heads. And he like grabs it. So she doesn't actually like strike him with it. He winds up like grabbing it mid-swing. And it's like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> He's like, you and this baseball bat. Do you honestly think that this is going to protect you against anything <laughs> magical and supernatural? No. Stay in your freaking house. <laughs> and stop attacking me. <laughs> like why am i the one who gets the brunt of your bat and like crucifix and whatever else and it turns out that he's been trying to clear her woods of eld yeah he's been like protecting her yeah so all the times like she thought that someone was watching her like a few of them have been like the actual beast but most of it has been leon like patrolling the woods and stuff and raylan does notice that leon is hurt yeah he's limping yeah He's got some cuts that she's starting to notice. So she brings him inside to tend to his wounds. And while tending to the last wound, Raylan winds up like straddling Leon to like clean it off and like. It's the perfect angle. Yeah. Like, you know, she can feel his monster dick <laughs> in between her legs. And she likes it. <laughs> Obviously, she likes it. And he's letting her know all about his home. 
Hell. Hell. And how he misses it. Ray lets him know he's welcome to stay the rest of the night to rest up and heal because, like, demons heal really, really fast. But they need rest. Because mm-hmm. she, like, wanted to, like, stitch up his wound and he's like, nah, it'll... I don't really need it. I don't it. need that. You're going to waste your time. Yeah. And Leon wants her to convince him to stay by telling him her deepest, darkest desire. As Raylan is confessing her sin, things get heated and we get our next sex scene. Highlights of this one. Yeah, let's let's hear it. What happens in this sex scene? So Leon is like biting Ray's lip to the point that it causes it to bleed and he winds up licking up the blood. There's your blood play. Yep. Phantom hands. Ooh, okay. Add some stimulation. You know, with like the... Choking. Choking, but it's not... Actual physically. But then he is actually choking her too and it's like so as like you get the phantomness and then the real thing. So you're like, oh. Double? What's going on? Double whammy. Mm -hmm. And then he brings her over to her coffee table and lays her out on the table. And we get some phantom bindings. Like some bondage. Yeah, she can't move. But it's with his like powers. Um, And we also learn, I think, in this scene that he, the like phantom bindings are very loose. And like she could easily break it if like. Oh, yeah, he's she giving her a it. way out if she's not comfortable with this. But the fact that she's not breaking the bonds, like, it just increases his pleasure because he's like, oh, she'd like this She shit. wants Like, this. she is into this. Yeah, because when she was confessing her sin, she was, like, talking about, like, all of kind of the darker, less traditional things she is into sexually. <laughs> yeah, because we learned that, like, she's kind of – she's felt ashamed of the things that she's into from, like, past partners, mm-hmm. like, that she's kind of opened up – about because she likes that, like, consent, not consent. She likes being scared. She likes... You know, she has a fear of kink and she's well aware of it. But every other partner, you know, has kind of not been into that. Yeah, and made her feel weird for... Liking it. Mm-hmm. But obviously with Leon, it's a little different because yeah. that he's into this... It's, it's a lot different. Yeah, he's into the same exact things. And he's always very consent oriented where he's always giving her that safe word of like mercy yeah and that is their safe word yeah and it's like honestly he reminds her like before he starts he's like what do you say to make this stop yeah and it's honestly like with every sex scene that they have Mm -hmm. he's always like what's the safe word and he has her like say it back and he's like okay he's like obviously you say it it stops like because demons are all about free will Mm -hmm. so i kind of like that yeah. And, like, he's always And they're very... all about consent, too, which yeah. is lovely. Love, yes. love it. We also get um, some gagging on demon cock. Deep throat. Yep. While giving the blowjob. It's a rough one. Yep. Because remember. He is just. That monster dick. Literally. And he shows no mercy. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of that, that being the safe word, mm-hmm. he shows no mercy. <laughs> and we also get um, pussy is still sore, so we're going to do anal. This is the second time that they're sleeping together. Yeah. Moving fast. Just, he needs all the holes. Mm-hmm. He needs all the holes to be his. Yeah. That would not go in my butt. I'm sorry. No. No. Absolutely not. But Raylan is kind of like, okay, <laughs> let me just roll over. <laughs> Thankfully, Give it to me, demon daddy. <laughs> Thankfully, Leon does go get lube to help with the situation. Yes, he's like, do you have any? She's like, on my, on my dresser. <laughs> Upstairs. He runs Next up and gets it. 
I appreciate I appreciate that element though, because you've been surprised. Like you'd be surprised how many uh, romance books I've read that deal with anal that they are just like raw dog in it, and I'm just like that is just not no realistic. It just that's just like not... shoving it in there with like no, no with no foreplay, no nothing. Slip and slide, no. glide, assistance. So I, I like, I'm appreciative of Harley incorporating that aspect. That yeah. aspect. Especially because there's like, they've never used condoms. But mm-hmm. also with like a demon, like paranormal, I don't get as like, I don't mind it as, I don't mind. Yeah, but still kind of element. keeping it s- somewhat slightly grounded in reality. Like, right. clearly this thing has like extra ridges and a swell. Like, you're going to need some assistance yeah. to get that. <laughs> After a well-deserved post-sex nap, Leon brings Ray her favorite mint tea and cookies. How sweet. Yep, and the mint tea, part of the inspiration for yeah. the potion. And that aftercare, he does take care of her after he destroys her. Yeah, and Ray notices how drained Leon is, and he winds up passing out shortly afterwards. Yeah, because also, reminder... He was that he's hurt. very hurt. And so he used up a lot of energy with his magical stuff and then also with just the exertion of of the fucking of just giving it to her hard. Yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. Demon Boy needs a break too. Yeah. I mean, Ray got multiple <laughs> orgasms out of it, so he deserves some sleep. Some sleep. Yeah. While Leon is sleeping, Ray looks into and debates about who to reach out to for help with everything that's going on. That doesn't require her to sell her soul. So, you know, she's thinking about reaching out to priests and other paranormal people. But she comes up with nothing and goes to bed. She winds up having kind of a weird dream here. And it's of her ancestor who's trapped in the mine. But this dream feels more like living a memory. And the following morning, Ray goes to lunch with Inya and Victoria. While still sleeping, Leon is in her house. On the couch. Yep. During lunch, Ray starts to hallucinate about some tentacles in the sky. Like, just zoning out. And then he's like, um, hello. Hello. (laughs) Girl. And Victoria shows up and informs the girls that Everly has disappeared and invites them to her Halloween party. Very weird being like, my my half-sister is missing. But also, like, we're having a big Halloween party. You bitches better be there. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be the party of the century. Like, okay, Victoria. Priorities. Priorities, right. When Ray goes back home, she decides it would be a good idea to do a binding circle on Leon and force him to help and protect her. Yeah, because this is going to end well, Ray. Yeah, let's, you know, recapture the person who's been held captive in a binding circle for the last hundred years. Yeah, that's what you should do. Mm -hmm. That you've been having sex with and starting to get feelings for. Right. After the binding ritual is complete, Ray calls her dad to get some information on the Hadleys, specifically Kent, since Kent and her dad went to school together, trying to get his perspective on things without letting him know what's going on. And she also wants to get more information about, like, the town more to see if she can believe what Leon has told her. And as she's wrapping up the call with her dad, Leon wakes up and is not happy. Yeah, I think you could say that. (laughs) So Leon has woken up and is pissed to find himself in a binding circle once again. 
He tries to convince Ray to let him go by trying once again to explain what is really happening with the Hadleys, the monsters, and the god. He's trying to talk some sense into this bitch. He then tries to scare her with his past killings and why he's called the killer, because he has killed every person that has summoned him but the Hadleys, because they were very smart about being protected, mm -hmm. and Ray. He said, I couldn't kill the first Hadley summoner, and I didn't kill you. I can. I can. I'm choosing not to. He then is able to magically influence Cheesecake the cat to come towards the circle and rub up all on the chalk, breaking the circle, and Leon is now free and pissed. Leon plays his demony tricks and takes all the light from Ray's house, so she is lost in the dark as Leon taunts her about how she needs to be punished for what she did. Leon also tells Ray that his deal is still on the table because he wants to own her for now and eternity. You fucked up, but I still, I want, still want you. you. <laughs> he tells her he is going to whip slash spank her with his belt until she's begging, and then she will drop to her knees and take his cock in her mouth. And that was a direct quote. <laughs> We're not lying when we say how much of a dirty talker Leon is. Oh, yeah. No, Leon is fantastic at the dirty talk. Like, I'm so here for I you. wish we could quote, like, everything. everything. Yeah, it's insane. So at this point, Ray is all in. Leon spanks Ray over and over until she is a blubbering mess. And he asks if she's sorry. And she responds, yes. And then he tells her to prove it. She sinks to her knees and starts to give Leon a blowjob. He finishes in her mouth and he says, there's my good little. <laughs> it's like referring to her as a sex doll. <laughs> and Ray smiles up <laughs> in her like, kind of daze. Like, yes, yes, I am your sex doll. Please use me. Leon comes down to her since Ray can't really stand and tenderly kisses her, catching her off guard. So Leon and Ray are outside after Ray's punishment, and Ray is talking to Leon about her family and life before coming back to Ablem. As Leon is smoking a joint casually, Leon is still trying to convince Ray to leave town. Ray then starts asking Leon questions, and we find out that he is roughly 400 years old. That demons are immortal unless they are ripped to pieces or if their skull is crushed. So any kind of like something that you just, there's no way of you surviving. That's the mm -hmm. way to kill a demon, essentially. Um, but immortality really isn't important to Leon. Freedom is. Ray is now finally starting to believe Leon about the ancient god and the Hadleys. Three survivors, three sacrifices, essentially. Leon also tells Raylan about Kent's last command which was to kidnap Ray and take her to be sacrificed. Leon also tells Ray about Juniper Kynes, the first person that Kent sent Victoria and Jeremiah to sacrifice, but the attempt failed, and Leon was commanded to find Juniper and bring her back. He knew there would be consequences if he failed, so he tried his best, but she ultimately got away. She escaped Leon. Leon then also drops the bomb that Marcus, the kid who was stabbed on campus, was Juniper's brother and the first sacrifice that went right. So this is new information. This isn't new information as readers, but it's new information to Ray. Ray. She wasn't ready for this information. No, no. Until this point. Yeah. Ray asks what makes her special. Why is Leon protecting her when he doesn't have to? 
He tells her that he decided that he wanted her. And this is a quote that he tells her. He says, you're a light in the dark, and I've been in the dark a very long time. <laughs> like, swoon also? Leon then goes on a rant about demons and needing to possess things and how he wants Ray so bad for eternity. And that's really all Ray has ever wanted is like to be desired so thoroughly. But she's still obviously very hesitant about giving over her soul. So like Leon is ticking a lot of boxes for Ray, but just the thought of selling your soul is terrifying. Yeah, because that's you, you can't undo that. Leon tells Ray he can't linger on Earth and watch Ray die like all humans do and have her be taken away from him. But if she gave him her soul, no one slash nothing could ever take her away from him. He is laying it on thick. He's pouring his little demon heart out. He is. Leon tells Ray he is leaving because he needs to find the spell book and then head back to hell because he's been on Earth for too long. He tells Ray to make him stay properly, but she can't give him her soul. Because Ray's kind of, like, begging him not to go. And he's like, give me a reason. Like, make me stay. And also, what? They've known each other, like, a month at this point? If that. So, yeah. But she's also, like, she's struggling because she's like, this is kind of everything that I've ever wanted. Yeah. And he also, obviously, like, the sex part is big because she hasn't ever found a partner who would, like... That she can actually, like live out all her right. so, deviant fantasies with. Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, pros with Leon, but there's also a lot of cons. <laughs> so it's been a few days, and the Hadley's Halloween party is getting closer. Victoria and Jeremiah seem to notice the distance that Ray has been creating, so they have been trying to get as close as possible. So they're really ramping up their, their shit, trying to include Ray. They're coming on real strong. Yeah. Ray is outside on campus eating lunch when Jeremiah approaches her and is very overbearing and not taking the hints that Ray does not want to talk to him or be around him. Jeremiah then starts questioning Ray about Everly and if she has seen her around. He asks if she has heard any rumors about him and Victoria, mainly that Everly is convinced that they are trying to kill her. Ray then makes a quick escape. So like, yeah, Jeremiah is like, he's, coming on really strong and kind of digging a hole for himself yeah and then he's also just like it's just like very weird vibes being like oh yeah you know like i just don't want you to believe these horrible rumors that everly is spreading about us like but she's giving no indication that she knows any of this shit no and it's just like jeremiah is also like he's on the soccer team like we picture him being very like fratty like popular like jock slightly douchey so Leon is still gone and Ray is missing him. She also notices the heads of the Eld Beasts are starting to decay and fall more apart. Ray is getting ready to spend the day with Inya when she notices a twig thing hanging on her porch with a fish eyeball in the middle of it. She then cuts it down and throws it into the forest where she hears a branch snap. So she's starting to get really freaked out. Rightfully so. She shows up to Inya's having a panic attack and ends up staying the night. The next day, she's driving back to her place to pick things up when three tall white figures pop up in the middle of the road. One of these creepy as fuck figures approach Ray's car and says, it waits for you. It waits in the deep, dark place. And then she speeds off. 
same. And I would have sped out of that fucking town. I would have grabbed the cat and gotten the hell out of Dodge. And, like, honestly, how Harley describes these characters, like, these figures and the Eld Beasts. It's creepy. They're terrifying. Like, I can't even really, like, it's nightmare fathom how they actually look. All I know is that they're freaky looking. Like, they're just... They have, like, all of them have, like, antlers and, like, the stag head. But they're all kind of, like, rotting. Yeah, and, like, their legs, these creatures, their legs are, like, backwards hooves. And, like, their necks are way too long for their bodies. Their arms are way too big for their bodies. And they're, like, like, very tall. Yeah, and it's just, like, very disturbing. And also, like, anything that's supposed to be, like, four-legged but walks upright and, like, immediately... Creepier. Creepy, creepy. I don't know why, but it is. Yes. No, 100%. So Leon has been searching for his grimoire during the day, but hasn't been able to leave Ray alone. So he has been protecting her at night without her knowledge, which is just like really sweet. Because he's obsessed. Yeah, he can't leave her alone. He's a simp for Ray. He is, and I'm here for it. So the tall white figures that Ray saw are actually called golems. And Leon knows that they have awoken from their slumber, and they are even more dangerous than the elves because they're smarter. They have more of a, a, like, they have more thought process. Yeah. And aren't they, like, they directly work with the god. The god. Yeah. It's like an extension of this god. It's like his warriors kind yes. of thing. Leon was also the one who left the twig trinket for Ray on her porch. Leon has been having a hard time finding Everly, so he recruited Zane to help. Zane tells Leon to give up and just go back to hell since the witch won't summon him. She also has an archdemon, which Zane has already come face to face with, protecting his newest soul, Juniper Kynes. Dun dun dun. Juniper has made a deal with Zane to help enact revenge against the cult. Zane then gives Leon the coordinates to where Everly and her archdemon are holed up, even though he's begging Leon to not fuck around with Everly and this archdemon. Yeah, don't fuck around and find out. No. Leon finds the house that Everly has been holed up in, and he doesn't sense the archdemon, so he becomes a little bit more bold, sneaking in through the cellar. As he gets in, an invisible force starts attacking him, and he low-key gets his ass kicked by Callum, the archdemon. Right when Callum is about to probably kill Leon, Everly steps in and stops him. Everly realizes Leon is there for his name in the Grimoire, and we learn that she was the one who stole it from Kent in the first place, but her plan didn't go as planned since Raylan came in contact with it at Inya's bookstore. Everly asks why Leon is protecting Ray, and he finally admits that he's falling or already in love with her. And the thought of her getting hurt hurts him. Since Leon disobeyed Kent to protect Ray, Everly decides to give Leon back his name from the Grimoire, but he has to make a deal, and that is to protect Ray. Because Everly is like, she needs to survive. I'll give you this back, but you have to promise to protect her. Yeah, and, like, the reason Leon isn't wanting the whole grimoire from Everly is because Everly is a witch, and this grimoire is her birthright. Like, it was started by one of her ancestors. And he just wants his name. Yeah. He doesn't care about what else is in that book. 
like from Ray, he would want the whole book, but like he understands he can't necessarily ask Everly to like give him the whole book. Yeah. Because it's her right to have. So Everly is trying to kill the god. That is kind of her plan. Because she's a witch. Because she's a witch. A very powerful one. Yeah, and she comes from a very powerful witch line. But if the god gets Raylan as a sacrifice, it may ruin those plans. So that's kind of where she's stemming, like, Ray needs to live. And Leon, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that she lives. Leon makes that promise, and Callum calls him out for playing coy by saying, you don't hide your feelings from this human woman very well. Archdemon, so, you're one to talk, buddy. Right. You're whipped by the witch Everly. Yes, and Leon can, like, tell that, one, Everly has definitely sold her soul to this archdemon, and two, that they are, like, sexually evolved as well. So Everly hands over Leon's sigil, and he leaves. He gets the fuck out of Dodge. Because <laughs> he almost died. Like, Kalen yeah. almost killed him. Like, it was brutal. So it's the night of the Hadley's Halloween party, and Ray and Inya make their way to the manor slash mansion, and Ray is feeling very uneasy and feeling a bit unsafe. Like, that intuition is starting to come into play a little bit. About damn time. Yeah. She is also still missing Leon a lot, and like, as a side note, Ray is dressed up as Velma from Scooby-Doo. Which I love. Perfect for her. Perfect. And I could picture her in this costume like You don't find out what Inya's dressed up as, do we? No. I kind of I kind of wish she was like um Daphne. I know, that'd be so cute. I know. Or something that involves like Scooby Doo. Yeah. But no, we never find out. Victoria finds the girls and leads them to get drinks where Jeremiah is pouring straight tequila into girls' mouths, and Ray has been volunteered as his next victim. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So, side note, Victoria is dressed as, like, a slutty bunny or something. Like an S&M, like, playboy bunny is yeah. kind of the vibes I got. And then Jeremiah is dressed as a mime. So, Ray then gets a sudden tingling sensation and gasps. Obviously, Jeremiah thinks it's because of him and tells her to drop her inhibitions tonight. Have fun. Let loose. We could have a lot of fun together. Let me fuck you. And she's like, what the hell is going Like, get away from me. <laughs> Victoria then hands the girls a drink and they both slurp it down. Jeremiah comes back and gives Ray another drink, which she accepts and drinks. So all this time, she's also trying to find an opportunity to explore, to find some artifacts that can help protect her, since Leon isn't there to protect her, and to stop thinking about Leon and how she thinks he's at this party because mm-hmm. those that that sensation is very much those phantom hands sort of thing so now she's also thinking about leon thinking that he's there missing him but also she's on a mission to get some artifacts to potentially save her mm-hmm. or protect her an attractive couple from across the room catches ray's eyes and the guy seems familiar the girl heads over to ray and introduces herself as sam and asks Ray if she wants to dance. So Sam leads Ray towards the man, and they start all dancing, with Ray in the middle. And Sam tells Ray to stop drinking her drink. Ray doesn't listen, so Sam then drags her to the bathroom and forces her, like, fingers down Ray's throat to get her to throw up. Yep. Ray then recognizes the man to be Zane, who she's previously met, 
and he tells her that the drink was roofie. They tell her to be smart and to leave the party since the Hadleys have no intention on letting her survive the night. As she's about to leave, a man dressed in black with a mask on appears in the doorway. Ray recognizes Leon's eyes and jumps into his arms like instantly. Ray then realizes that Sam is actually Juniper, the failed sacrifice. Juniper then draws a knife to Leon's mouth where she tells him he was the first on her list, but Zane has affection for him, so that's saving him. Because Leon chased Juniper, but was unsuccessful. Yeah, he was supposed to be a part of her being sacrificed. And she hasn't forgive, forgotten. Nor forgiven. Nor forgiven, but she's going to let it slide because of Zane. Leon then licks the blade, cutting his split tongue, then leaves the bathroom with Ray and heads in the opposite direction of the party. Yay, more deeper, blood play. Yep, deeper into <laughs> the house. Yeah, more blood play. We love it. He rushes, he pushes Ray against the wall and ravages her mouth with his bleeding tongue, and she is all here for it. He then teases her about dancing with Zane, but he tells her he isn't jealous because they both know no one can fuck her like he can. Cocky bastard. <laughs> so fucking cocky, but oh my goodness, for him, it works. It works, it works. Anybody else? No. Leon is, Leon is also pissed that Ray showed up to this party, and he does feel bad that she has been feeling terrified since he left her. Leon tells Ray he wants to mark her, he wants his medal in her, and he wants to pierce her nipples. They make a deal that if Leon helps Ray find some magical artifacts that will protect her, Leon can pierce her nipples. And Ray accepts this deal. They make their way deeper into the house, Leon leading the way. They get to Kemp's bedroom where Ray sees the elves stalking outside. She's like, of course they would follow me here. Honey, Leon, they're not going to stop following you. No. Leon doesn't take kindly to the fact that she is so scared of those monsters when the most dangerous thing in this house is him. Very possessive. Ray is still convinced Leon is going to leave again and she calls their relationship temporary. Leon obviously is getting pissed, and Ray can tell. She continues to egg him on by taunting that Leon would never punish her in Kent's bedroom, which leads into my favorite smutty, sexy scene of this book. So we get a nice role-play scene where Ray pretends that she doesn't want it and runs from Leon as he catches her. So it's like this fantasy of the, like, The consensual non-consent. Yes. So she runs, Leon chases her, and she doesn't get far. There is also a lot of degradation talk in this scene where it's a lot of like, you know, he's calling her a slut and like, you know, really just degrading her. But like, Ray is also turned on by that. Like, she likes that element too. Doesn't he still have his mask on the whole yes. time? He has his mask on the whole time. He starts to finger her and makes her see the arousal on his fingers, and then he shoves them into her mouth so she can lick them clean. Leon then has Ray kneel and tells her to suck. She plays the brat role, telling him no, and that she wants him to hurt her. He then slaps Ray across the face and waits for her reaction, <laughs> in which she continues to taunt him. He slaps her a few more times while also becoming more monstrous looking. So his fangs are becoming longer, his tongue is black, the veins are like turning black and bulging. 
Ray's thriving in this scene, and she finally gives in when Leon tells her she is his, and he treasures what is his. She starts to suck that huge dick, and it's messy and rough, and Leon finishes in Ray's mouth. She then tells Leon to make her filthier, so he spits on her mouth, and she licks it up. So I'm not, like, into the like, spit kink, but I kind of was like, do I want to try it? <laughs> Like, After in this scene, it like, kind of made me, like, think about it, Because this, no. this also isn't the first time that he's spit on her. There is a scene earlier where she's giving him a blowjob, and he spits in her mouth before shoving his dick in mouth. Yeah, it was – he was at her house. Yeah. That second sex yeah, scene. with the anal scene. Mm-hmm. And so, like – but then I kind of was like, oh, would I like this? But then I'm kind of like, no. no. <laughs> I like – I will say this book made me – for a – for a good few seconds, made me consider it. Me too. I was kind of like, oh my gosh, am I actually into like spit play? But then I was like, eh, no, no I don't think I am. No. <laughs> I think I'm just caught up in this, in these people's. The writing definitely like takes you away and like sells you on, on these, this. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we kind of had the same thought being like, oh my God, would we know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Liam then throws Ray back on the bed, still hard, because he's a demon. He can go for as long as he wants. Energizer demon. He reminds her of their safe word before fucking her. After the distraction of a lifetime, Ray talks to Leon about the safe word, and he tells her that demons value free will above all, so consent is vital for them. Ray also tells Leon that she's missed him, and that takes him off guard. He really wasn't thinking, like, it's the first time a human has ever said that they missed him. So, like, oh. Leon leads Ray down a secret passage from Kent's room. Since they're still on the mission, they just took a little break. But they're back on their mission. Down into the basement where they are still looking for magical artifacts. Leon is having PTSD because this was also where he was kept when he was a prisoner for the Hadley family. Ray finds the dank little room with a summoning circle and starts crying and hugging Leon. Leon also tells Ray that he has not found the Grimoire yet, so lucky her. Lies. Lies. He has. It's the first time he's lied to her. Mm -hmm. He's just too obsessed to leave her be. And he can't tell her that he's found it because he still wants her soul. They finally find a room filled with this magical shit, and Ray takes a black knife. Leon tells her to put it away because that would actually hurt him. He's giving off some creepy magic energy. Yeah, he's like, that needs to go away. As they make their way back to Kent's bedroom, Ray gasps and none other than Kent is sitting there waiting for them, smoking a cigar. So Kent is waiting for them. He obviously knows it's Ray, but he doesn't realize Leon is Leon until he has him remove his Halloween mask. Kent is now holding Ray at gunpoint while Leon is trying to protect her. Kent does disclose that Ray is a sacrifice, and he also reveals that Victoria and Jeremiah are actually in the same predicament. One of them will also have to be a sacrifice. Yeah, kill like the villain monologue here. Yeah. Kent is spewing all this bullshit about the Deep One, which is the god, and how it's and how it's always been calling to Ray. Isn't it funny that, like, the god's name, the deep one, is, like, kind of sexual yeah. in nature? The deep one. <laughs> <laughs> like, once I had that thought in my head, it was kind of hard to, like, not kind of giggle every time they're like, the deep, the deep one. one calls you. The deep it's one like, calls <laughs> yeah. It's like, I call the deep one the deep stroke. 
Yeah. Gosh. Sorry. <laughs> I always got to creep you out in some way. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've you managed it very well. Kent is kind of talking about how the God has always been calling to Ray, and it's also been calling for Victoria and Jeremiah. And it is inevitable, but they need to make sure that their God knows that they are good servants. So they are going to follow through with it. Leon calls bullshit, but Kent is convinced this God will show mercy to those who are worthy. Kent tells Ray she won't be sacrificed tonight, but the day is approaching, and he kind of just, like, lets them go. Weird. Yeah. So it's, like, all this buildup. And he just is like, have a good night. See you soon. But he's also just, like, admitted that he is the ultimate villain. So it's kind of like, what so was now the I know to stay away from you. I know. Like, you just confirmed it. Okay. Yeah, that was strange. So Ray and Leon are running through the woods away from the Hadley's Manor. Leon promises Ray he isn't going to leave her again and he will kill anything that tries to take her from him. After this nice moment, a golem shows up and ruins the mood. Leon and the golem start to fight, and Leon has definitely met his match. Like, these are a lot harder to fight than just the Eld as well. The golem breaks free of the fight with Leon and goes straight to Ray, grips her head, and suddenly she isn't in the forest, but is in a dark underground area, and water is starting to rise. She hears the voice of the god calling for her, trying to get her to come to it. Finally, she's back in the forest, and Leon has killed the golem and takes Ray home. Ray wakes up in an unfamiliar bed, and she can hear a shower running. Her memory comes back, and she remembers what happens the prior night. Leon comes out of the bathroom and informs her of her side of the bargain. He will be piercing her nips today. Remember the bargain. He'll help her find some magical artifacts, but he's he going to mark her. mark her. And it's happening today. He's not waiting. He then proceeds to go down on her before breakfast arrives. And he has also started calling her baby girl. And I really like it. I like that he calls her this. Leon tells Ray that they are a little northeast of Ablum. And she sees she has a bunch of missed calls from Imnia. Ray calls her friend and tells her she's sorry, but her drink was drugged. So she left the party, but that she's okay. Leon tells Ray he will also protect her and that they are safe for the time being. He has also bought her a bunch of clothes that one fit and two are exactly her style. And she's like, Leon, oh my goodness. I've been paying attention to you. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I've been watching you. Like, of course, I freaking know what size and what like clothes you like. Leon leaves Ray for the day to scout while she spends a much needed day at the spa. She realizes that she can't wait to leave Ablom now and that she wants Leon to stay with her like long term. Like she doesn't want him to go away. She's back in the room after dinner and starts to hear a tapping sound, which turns out to be Leon scaring her. Rude. But but only because her fear smells so good. And, like, he wanted to smell her fear. So he was like, I missed this. I needed it. Yeah. You've he been ha- calm for too long. No. <laughs> he has also brought back a bag that is filled with sex toys, dildos, vibrators, and other things. Leon tells Ray that their playtime tonight might be too intense without some distractions. Ray cleans the sex toys and comes back to the room where Leon is cleaning a big old needle. Leon makes Ray position the dildo on the ground so that she can kneel on it. Leon tells Ray to strip and then touch herself, which she obeys instantly. He then licks her fingers and tells her to impale herself on the dildo. She does, and he starts to kiss her and use the vibrator on her. 
Leon then orders Ray to ride that dildo girl. As Ray is doing this, Leon is finalizing his task. He asks if Ray wants his mark, and she begs him to give it to her. So he then pierces one of her nipples, and she orgasms. Leon tells her to continue riding the dildo because she still has one more piercing to go. Leon whispers, you're mine, and pierces her second nipple. Ray has now accepted that she is Leon's. So at the hotel, Ray gets a phone call from Victoria informing her that her father is dead and that everything is over. And like Victoria is frantic. Victoria thinks that Ray and Leon are responsible for her dad's death. But the two of them wind up working it out that it was probably Juniper who's responsible. After some back and forth, Leon and Ray decide to go back to Ablem. Once at the cabin, Ray and Leon go to the store for some snacks. Leon is waiting in the truck and on guard duty while Ray goes and gets her munchies. Inside the store, Ray starts getting a weird feeling of being watched and not in a friendly way or a protective way. In a creepy way. In a creepy way. She turns around to find Jeremiah in her path. He starts taunting and thanking her for getting rid of his father, but lets her know she is still destined to be a sacrifice. So Jeremiah now gives zero fucks. He's taken over his dad's role. He's now the leader of the cult. The store clerk and another guy in the store quickly close the store and trap Raylan inside with them. Like, a metal door comes down. Like, it's going to be hard to bust out. It doesn't take long for Leon to bust in, having killed two other guys who were outside and were sent to distract Leon. He quickly decapitates one and crushes the spine of the other one that's inside. Honestly, though, they deserved it. Like, the one that he, like, decapitates was kind of, like, talking about Raylan in, like, a sexual manner. And, like, Leon was like, hell no. Yeah. And then and then the other one, like, obviously collateral. Like, you're helping Jeremiah. You're going to lose. Like, you're going to be taken down. You're putting Ray in a bad predicament. You die. Yeah. And Leon is also the killer. Like, you think he has an issue with killing humans? Yeah. That was his, like, <laughs> demon nickname. His favorite hobby, his favorite <laughs> pastime is killing humans. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, Leon. Hobbies include fucking Ray and killing people. <laughs> and fucking Zane. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's in him too. Got Unfortunately, though, Leon is not able to overpower Jeremiah. And it turns out Jeremiah has given himself to the mind god and in return has received some power of his own. Like the god has granted him some power so jeremiah is now like super strength jeremiah yes yeah. he's, he's not human jeremiah no he's he's it's more of a challenge for leon yeah when they get back to the cabin leon reassures ray that he will protect her no matter what but this touching moment gets interrupted by a blood curdling noise which is that of a reaper so new monster on the scene <laughs> a new type of demon in the mix and that reaper has been summoned by Jeremiah. Leon instructs Ray to grab Cheesecake and drive away. And keep driving. Because reapers are bad news. Yeah. Bad news. Bad news bears. And he hands her his summoning page and tells her once she is safe to try summoning him. And if he survives the reaper, he will return to her. And she's also like, wait, you've had this the whole time? Yeah. Because last she knew, he didn't. Find the because grimoire. he told her that he hadn't found the grimoire yet. Yeah. 
So now she's kind of like, oh my gosh, if he's had this the whole time. He's chosen to stay with me. Yeah. Not been forced. As he goes off to the woods to fight the Reaper, his parting words to Ray are, you should know that I love you for whatever that's worth. Stay alive. Don't waste that mortal life. Leon goes to the woods to confront the Reaper, and we learn the hierarchy of hell. Demons, archdemons, and at the top, Reapers. So that's what he's going after. And, like, Leon is kind of a lower-level demon Mm -hmm. as well. He doesn't have a whole lot of power. Because they get their power by getting souls. And he's been, you know, in servitude for the last hundred years, so he hasn't been able to collect as many souls. Yeah, so he's definitely also a lower-level demon mm-hmm. going against a Reaper who is the top of the food chain. Yeah, and Reapers and gods are kind of on similar playing fields power-wise. That's terrifying. And Leon just, like, walks into it. Mm-hmm. The Reaper finds Leon, and they start battling it out. Leon is able to break the Reaper's wrist and damage it a little bit, but unfortunately, he is no match for the Reaper. No, Leon gets his ass handed to him. Yeah, he gets a few good strikes in there, but... And he thinks he's going to die. Yeah. The god, however, doesn't want Leon to die and, like, made the Reaper aware of that. So the Reaper leaves him in the woods to suffer his injuries. And they're bad. Yeah. Like, he can't move. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's down for the count. Like, yeah. there's no way he's protecting Ray. While Ray is driving away, she realizes everything Leon did for her was out of love. And she realizes she loves him too. It's about time, girl. Right? We knew it. (laughs) So she can't let him sacrifice himself for her. She goes back to the cabin, locks Cheesecake inside, and runs into the woods in search of Leon. She finds him beaten and bloody, unable to heal, and decides to offer him her soul. To help save him. Because, like, once you give the soul, that, like, gives power and... It'll like, give a nice little boost yeah. to hopefully help... Help him level up a little bit. Yeah. At least help his injuries heal. Yeah. Level up, heal up. Mm-hmm. Leon tells her she has to carve his name in her blood to offer up her soul to him. And gives her the summoning page. Jeremiah and his Libri followers... And Libri is the name of the cult interrupt this and wind up taking Ray as hostage while Jeremiah stays behind with Leon. Raylan has been drugged, and when she comes to, she's taken by one of the Libri members to St. Thaddeus Church, where the whole cult is assembled for the sacrifice ritual. Jeremiah is at the helm of the pulpit and begins the ritual by carving runes into Ray's chest and chanting in Latin, the master gives, the master takes away. Jeremiah winds up pushing her into the mine and she falls into icy water in the mine because like the mine is also kind of like being flooded. Ray is able to make her way to shore where she finds Victoria's corpse giving her confirmation that Jeremiah killed and sacrificed his sister to the god. And that was the second sacrifice. Yeah. So Ray is the last one. Mm-hmm. She still has the knife and lighter in her back pocket They took her cell phone, but they left some other things that she had on her, as well as Leon's name, the page with his name. And she begins looking for a passage out of the mine, using the lighter to kind of help her guide her way through this mine tunnel. She gets to a fork with two tunnel options. She winds up going to the one on the right. And as she gets further along, the tunnel winds up leading 
to more water. She's about to turn around and go back when a beast emerges, most likely a golem. Could have been an elf. And she escapes swimming further into the tunnel. While swimming, she hears in her head a voice telling her to keep going. And she does come up to a chamber that's like land. She takes out Leon's name and decides if she's going to die, she would rather give up her soul for love to Leon, even if he is dead, than have it be stolen by the god. After she's done carving his name into her thigh, something begins to emerge out of the water. Back to Leon. Jeremiah left him in the woods to die, but he was slowly and painfully healing, unsure if he had been there for hours or days. But he starts to hear his name be called, and he realizes that it's Ray giving her soul to him. This act speeds up his healing process as it gives him more power, and he's able to start tracking his girl. So now they are connected. About time right? <laughs> I mean, I understand the hesitancy to do this. Don't get me wrong, for sure. But at the same time, it's about time. As the creature approaches Raylan, it is the god ready to take his final sacrifice and unleash himself onto the world. As Ray looks upon the god, she sees that it's, she sees that it's painfully beautiful and horrifying beyond words simultaneously. As the god gets its tentacles into her mind, because it does have literal tentacles. And like the tentacles, instead of like little suctiony things, it's eyeballs. Creepy. But also like it has like this human facade that's supposed to be like the most beautiful thing it's that like, it's like hard to look at. Right. And it's like car he could be like carved out of like stone, like just very beautiful. But, like, like should terrifying. be a work of art. Yeah. It's he's so beautiful. Then behind that is like the most terrifying tentacly creature thing. And as the god gets its tentacles into her mind, she starts to have flashbacks of her childhood up to deciding to come back to her hometown. And she realizes it's always been the god calling her. Like, that's what's made this place so magical, is that this god has been calling her forever. Yeah, so, like, when she was, like, a little kid and, like, thought there were fairies in the woods, it was actually the god, like, calling out to her. Mm-hmm. As the god tries to take her soul and lets her know she's destined for an eternity of unimaginable pain and suffering, Raylan can feel the tug and connection to Leon, and she knows he must still be alive, and she now belongs to him. This gives her renewed strength to continue to fight until the end, and she knows Leon is coming for her. The god is pissed her soul is already claimed. You can't claim a soul that's already been willingly given. given. So, yeah, this god. So she can't be sacrificed. Yeah, it's null and void. Mm -hmm. So the god starts to have a temper tantrum. Literally, that's the best way to explain it. He loses his shit. And grabs Ray with its tentacles and tries to drown her. And he's also, like, has lost the human facade like he is now like he's full so monster. mad because so like yeah that beautiful human thing is dropping and like this gray tentacle thing is coming out and like i take it that this god is very bad yeah. like it's not like the afterlife because ray gets a glimpse into what it would be like and it's nothing but pain and, and suffering it's just unimaginable pain and suffering and like mm -hmm. you don't find peace ever ever but like the god acts like it's this is like the great the greatest 
afterlife ever. I'm just like, yeah, the greatest joy is for you to know nonstop suffering. Yeah. And it's like, you will be conscious of this as I take over the world and like cause more pain and suffering. And you will have to experience every living being's pain pain and and suffering. suffering. And I'm like, the fuck? (laughs) No, thank you. It makes me feel really bad for Marcus. And Victoria. And Victoria. And anyone else who is stuck in that afterlife. Right. So as the god is trying to drown her, thankfully, Ray remembers she has her magic knife and begins to stab the eyes in the tentacles. The god being injured releases her and Ray begins sinking and it seems like drowning further into the water. The soul tie to Leon begins lighting up and calling to her to encourage her to keep fighting and to keep going. She's able to swim out of the mine and she winds up like finding the shore, like the bank area, area, leading her back to the woods where Leon is there to greet, to greet her. And Ray learns that Everly plans to kill the god. Leon's like, we got to go. It's wounded. Let the witch take care of it. Right. This, this isn't our fight. Like we've done what we need to do, but like we need to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leon wants to take her home, but he has some more killing in her name to do first. So Leon drives back to the Hadley house where he wants to enact his revenge on Jeremiah and the Libri for harming Ray. But when he gets there, he sees the house is on fire and no one could be alive with like how badly blown up and yeah, consumed by flames this banner is. He spots Zane and Juniper, and they inform him that they killed the Libri and Jeremiah. Juniper lets him know that she sold her soul for revenge, and this was for her to carry out, and that she forgives Leon. That's nice. Sirens can be heard in the distance, so Zane and Juniper leave. Before Leon leaves, though, he needs to be sure that Jeremiah is dead. So he inspects the dilapidated and still burning house and does find his body. Leon returns to Ray and informs her that Jeremiah and the Libri are dead, and she's glad that Leon wasn't the one who killed them since he's killed enough. Which was kind of sweet, because she's like, you've killed enough, like, within your life. I'm glad that you didn't have to do this as well. It was sweet. And she asks him, since they are both safe now, can they go home and sleep for a few days? She's like, remember when you were injured and slept for days? Can we do that again? <laughs> Sounds great. That's all I want to do. <laughs> and I cannot blame her. <laughs> right? I would want to sleep for days, too. She just shit. went through some shit. She was literally sacrificed, girl. Yeah. Like, let this girl sleep. <laughs> and, like, drowning a couple times. She, like, def- also defeated temporarily a god. And she's a human. And she's a human. So let this bitch sleep. Yeah. <laughs> So then we get to the epilogue. After the events of the failed Ray sacrifice and thwarting of the Deep One. The Deep One. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can't get that out of your head now, can you? No, because I wasn't thinking of it in a sexual, dirty manner until you so kindly brought that in. And now, yeah, you ruined me. So, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get that connection the first time I read this book, but doing it as a reread is when I was like... <laughs> yeah, well, now that I'm... For finishing the series, I'm kind of screwed because now I'm going to be on that wavelength. Oh, that's going to be funny. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> it's been storming for days in Ablem 
which has caused massive destruction to the town. And most importantly, it's caused the mine to collapse. And enough damage has been done to St. Thaddeus that the town's going to demolish it. And Kent's dead, so he's not there to, like, be like, no, we have to save it. Yeah, there's no one protecting it. Ray has returned to school, and she wonders if any of her professors were part of the Libri as she starts to get some bitter stares from them. She no longer dreams of the mine tunnels or hears the god calling her name. And Leon has offered to pay for her to get her scars removed. But one scar she doesn't want to get rid of is Leon's name. As her soul was his to take, to love, to own forever. The end of this story, but not the story of the revenge or of the witch. Dun dun. Well, there we go. That was Her Soul soul to Take by Harley LaRue. Awesome. And then obviously it's followed up by two more books. So Mm -hmm. Revenge and Witch. One thing I don't agree with is like from the synopsis is how it says that, that these can be read in any timeline order. I don't think I would want to start with Everly or Juniper's story. I think that in my thought process, I'm the same way. I like reading books one, two, three, kind of in order. But I think that you could read them as standalones. I think you could maybe do Juniper, then Ray, then Everly. I would not want to start with Everly. I wouldn't ever do Everly's because Everly's is going to be the last installment. But like, I've started rereading Revenge and you could do it. Like, it, there's no holes. Like, you would be thoroughly, like, understanding what's going on. And, like, yeah. you're right, though. I think that Everly's, you should definitely probably – obviously, we haven't read that one. It's not out yet. I'm just assuming that that one you would want to read. Well, just with the setup, how she's the, supposed to be the one to kill the god. It's like, the god is the big, big The whole bad. story. But I think that you could interchange Juniper's and, and Ray's. Yeah. And I think this is the perfect time to start addition on our loves and hates of this book. Yes. Yeah, let's start with some of these these loves of ours. So I think one of my favorite loves for this is I love Leon, specifically his dirty talk. And I know that we've kind oh, of yeah. mentioned it throughout our book analysis, but like you don't understand the dirty talk that this man possesses in this book. Oh, I got a perfect quote. Okay, give it to me. You think I won't consume every last bit of you? I'll fucking eat you alive, Raylan. I won't be satisfied with merely your blood, sweat, cum. I want it all. Abandon your inhibitions now. You won't have use for them anymore. And that's just one. And I mean, like, it's every single time him and Raylan talk, it is like he is throwing in some, like, dirty talk, bants. But I feel like that whole, like, little monologue thing that he did was, like... That sums up Leon to a yeah. T. And, like, I was so here for it. And I think because, like we said, this was a reread for both of us. Mm -hmm. And I think that I appreciated it a lot more the second read through. Oh, yeah. And I almost was kind of like, oh, I forgot how much I liked Leon as the male lead in this book. And, like, I really did. I liked him a lot. I thought that his character development was really good. Like, and I was just, like, here for his vibe and the dirty talk. It's, like, the perfect, like, book boyfriend. Right. If I was to create... A reverse ham out of book boyfriends. Leon has to be in it. I think so. I think you're right. What do you love? So to kind of piggyback off of Leon, I love Leon's relationships with some of the other side characters from this book. Like Leon and Cheesecake have like a cute little... They do. Because Leon also discloses that cats are the only animals found in hell. Mm -hmm. And so cats and Leon always get along really well. Yep. 
And so, like, they do kind of have this little, like, bond. And the fact that, like, you know, Leon's kind of a cat daddy. I'm here for it. It is. I, I'm here for it, too. And, of course, you know, the relationship with Leon and Zayd. Yeah. Him and Zayn, I mean, yeah. Like, because they were lovers. They were lovers in the past. They aren't lovers currently. No. Because Zayn they, now has Juniper. Yeah. They're both marked by each other. Yep. And so I think that I think that uh, Leon has a piercing in his ear. Mm-hmm. And then Zayn has... A lip piercing? Uh, no, he has the tongue. Was oh, from the tongue Leon. piercing. Tongue piercing. Yep. Yeah. And so I do. I like their I like their bands and they're like a little bromance friendship mm-hmm. is cute. So one thing that I liked about just like the flow of the book, like I really enjoyed the plot of this book. I really I like liked the story because, you know, this is a monster romance. And sometimes you read monster romance where it's just smut, where it's just like there really is no plot concept. It's just like monsters fucking a human. Yeah. And I liked that this plot has, like, a lot of, like, elements of, like, you know, this cult and, like, the sacrifice and this god who's trying to, like, come back to rule over Earth. And, like, I... And the friendships and the love. Yeah. And I, like, I liked all of that. And then I also really enjoyed just the writing of Harley. I think that she does a really good job of just, like, the writing. I I was always captivated. I was always wanting to read more. I will say the first read of this one, there are certain kind of plot points that, you know, kind of lack, but they get made up for and picked up on in book two. And having already read book two to reread this one... It was a lot better. It was a lot better because it's like, all right, I know this gap is going to get filled in. So I wasn't like, what? Right. Because there are some I'm missing something here. Like this, especially towards the end where it like wraps up and picks up super quickly. It's like, but I feel like there's more happening. Yeah. And yeah, because this book definitely is just more so focused on Leon and Ray. And like Mm -hmm. her book is more about just her surviving being a sacrifice. With Juniper and Zane's book, it's obviously about revenge and it's about like that element. So you do get a lot of like, because you know, like with the fire of like the Hadleys and like with obviously Juniper and Zane taking out Kent. In this book, you don't know any how. of that. Like, you don't know anything besides the fact that they're dead. Yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, they're dead. Oh, they're dead. But oh, then, the house is on fire. Right. But for in her soul for revenge, it's filling in all those gaps because that's Juniper's point of like that's the Yeah. Her whole thing is she wants to take out the whole society. Mm-hmm. So we get those gaps. And then I'm sure with Everly's we'll, we'll get, get some even more. more gaps where like by the end of the series everything will be like tied in a bow. Which then, you know, makes me kind of fall in love for how Harley wrote it because it's like, oh my She's goodness. Very thought out. Yeah. Very methodical of like it's like you think it's a plot hole, but really, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's just in a different story mm-hmm. because it's not vital for like Leon and the Ray. two people that we're focusing on right now. Right. Another thing that I really enjoyed is Ray's aesthetic. Yes. Like she is an e-girl. Like she always wears combat boots. She's wearing, you know, like plaid, can, skirts. plaid skirts and sweaters and she has glasses. She also has, I think, like her nose pierced. She's like also very like alt. Mm-hmm. And like I... Don't really you don't really read a lot of like female leads that have this like aesthetic and I think that it's just like a really cute aesthetic. Yeah. Like I if I could like redo my whole closet, like I would dress like Ray. You'd be raiding her closet. <laughs> For sure. And like the Velma, like yes. the Scooby Doo. Like that was just so It was on perfect. Brand, where I was just like, yeah, she just like hardly thought of everything when it comes to like Ray's aesthetic. I loved the scene where Leon bought Ray clothes in her size and style at the 
And like Anne bought her a spot, like got her a spa day to like keep her distracted so she doesn't do something stupid. Yeah, because he knows that she's going to wander and get herself into trouble. So he was literally like putting her on spa lockdown. Because <laughs> he's like, I will know where you are. <laughs> like, I really enjoyed not. that. And like kind of piggybacking, I mean like Leon and Ray as a couple, as a unit, like I, I really enjoyed their kind of love arc. Their mutual obsession for each other. Yeah, and I liked that obviously with romance novels, when you read stuff that are a little bit darker... Normally, both characters are into said acts, Mm -hmm. but it's like it's still always nice to see when characters just like you can just tell that they are just like meshing together really well. They were made for each other. Yeah. And when you read a romance book, like that's what you want. Mm -hmm. Like you want the main characters to be like over the top, like in love with each other and perfect for each other in every way. That's why we read romance. Exactly. Like give us all the like, like (laughs) shit that's not real (laughs) (laughs) with love. Like I want all of it. So and I think. That I got all of that. And then I do love all the occult and lore that's in this book. Yeah, I think that Harley does a really good job at really, like, planning all of that out. Mm -hmm. Where there aren't, obviously there are holes because of the plot in each book kind of building. But I think that she sets this world very nicely. Yeah, and I like how she takes the time to, like, explain what's an elf beast, what's a golem. You know, the hierarchy of the standings in hell and all that. Like, if you're going to include it, like, Definitely include the meaning behind it. Exactly. And I think that she does a really good job at that. Even with the descriptors of like Leon being a demon, I thought mm-hmm. it was very like visually, I was like, I can get an idea of what he looks like and that, yeah. you know, he is kind of scary. Like He is a monster. And then obviously the monster monsters are very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, like the mining town, like in the Pacific Northwest that's been there forever. It's like, yeah, that's going to have tons of urban legends and lore. And I'm glad Harley kind of included that. Not just having it, but being a main part of right. the plot. And yeah, and I think that that could also go on to like my, like the plot is just that it was very well thought out. Yeah. And it just wasn't like, I wasn't sitting there being like, this isn't making sense. Like, like why do I care about this mine? This- so I agree. It Very well done. Mm-hmm. Want to move into our hates? Yeah. You want to start off? So this isn't a true hate. And I think I kind of told you about this off the pod. (laughs) But something I thought had happened in the book, but didn't happen. And I realized I kind of dreamed about. (laughs) You just made it up. (laughs) That I made it up. The Midnight Cowboy. So we didn't even mention that. So what is that? So the, the Midnight Cowboy is a ghost that Ray used to see. It's kind of what got her into, like, ghost hunting mm-hmm. when she was a little kid. I have no idea how I got to this. I think I must have, like, dream- like dreamed about this book or something. But I thought, until the reread, that the Midnight Cowboy was her ancestor that was in the mine. And his ghost was still around, kind of, like, protecting her and looking out for her. And I thought there was, like, a scene When, like, she goes out patrolling, you know, with the bat and stuff, trying to, like, ward off the eld that, like, the Midnight Cowboy shows up and is like, don't be stupid, go inside. Yeah, you definitely made that one up. (laughs) (laughs) And And then when she has the dream about, like, being her ancestor, I thought she then, like, did some more research to, like, find a picture of him. And, like, the picture was... Midnight Cowboy. Cowboy. Nope. None of that that happened. None of that happened. Yeah, I was like, um, Alex? I was like, I just read this and I don't remember (laughs) any of that happening. You might be making some shit up, girl. So I really think like I fell asleep because I did fall asleep reading this book late one night. So I think I must have dreamed it and I kind of wish it wasn't there. Right. I mean, that would have been a cool thing, but definitely not. No. (laughs) Definitely 
not in the so i think that this is going to be both of us for a hate i mean the hadley family just all of them are terrible yeah they sucked they all suck I kind of feel bad for Victoria, but I also hate her, so. So I felt bad for Victoria when I read the second book. When I read the first book, when I read Her Soul to Take for the first time, I really didn't have a lot of sympathy for Victoria because she's also like a bitch. Mm -hmm. And she has bitchy moments where I'm kind of like, yeah, she's just mean. Yeah. But after reading Her Soul for Revenge and getting some more insight on Victoria, I actually do feel kind of bad for her and so when I reread it her soul to take I did kind of feel bad for Victoria but I'm still grouping her in I mean it's unfortunate that like she was um in competition to be not a sacrifice yeah with her twin brother and like being brought up knowing that like you have a 50 50 shot of dying yeah and it's like a competition that they're trying to prove to their dad that they deserve not to be a sacrifice like that's fucked up so yes like obviously Jeremiah was all for it Victoria was not really in it. Like, she kind of was just like, this is shit. Yeah. And I do feel bad for her in that sense. But her whole family sucks. You're not wrong. So I guess I probably have to mention that the first time I read this book, I hated Ray. Because you thought she was stupid. Yeah. You thought that she made really stupid, impulsive decisions. And she does. I understand her pro- her thought process a little bit more. On the reread? On the reread. So I definitely am less irritated by her. And I found... Since I was less irritated, I found other ways to be able to connect to her. And there was this one quote that Leon made of Ray that I'm like, okay, I'm actually really similar to Ray in some ways. And it's this woman was a walking disaster, a stunning danger to herself, and she didn't even know it. (laughs) (laughs) That is kind of you too, though, for sure. Yeah, Ray, I don't know. I had mixed feelings because she definitely was impulsive and made some stupid decisions. But We were talking about this off the pod, and I thought that you made a really good point where, like, on the reread, like, you kind of have to give Ray some, like, space and, like... A little bit of benefit of the doubt. And leeway because, like, she doesn't know all this shit is going on until she is thrusted into it. Mm -hmm. And she is pretty prideful. And, like... She isn't afraid of a lot of things. And, like, like when I think about her making stupid decisions, like, going back for Leon, like, that was a really stupid decision, but it's, like, obviously she loves... Leon and Mm -hmm. like she knows that he put her himself in the line of fire for her for her so like she turns around and goes back which does the same thing right and is dumb because then she gets captured by Jeremiah which ultimately leaves her to being thrown down the mine but like I don't hate it because I'm like if you love someone like you would go back in a sense you know what I mean like I understand her thought process was it stupid absolutely and like even the in the beginning like you know, she moved away from Ablem when she was, what, six or seven? Mm-hmm. So she doesn't really buy into... All the urban legends. Like, she's like, no, they're just stories that kids, like, tell each other to s- scare each other. Like, it's not real. Yeah, and then you have a demon who, you know, actively is after your soul and kind of informing you of this stuff. It's like, yeah, you're going to doubt what he's saying. Right. So I was less irritated. Because then I had to remember, she's not getting Leon's inner monologues and dialogues like we are as readers. My next hate was the god and its servants, the Eld and the Golems. Like, they're just creepy as fuck, and I don't want to be around them. Right. Like, and they, dude, these Eld did not stop. Like, they were coming for Raylan in every chapter, it felt Mm -hmm. like. And I'm just like, can you guys, like, just take a break for a night? Right. Like, calm down. I don't want to read about your nastiness. No, because even when they, like, did take a break, like, we still had to 
get descriptions of like their heads on the stake when like Leon, you know, set them up to ward them off. So it's like even when we kind of got a break from them, we really didn't. Right. And then like any god that is like, uh, I'll save you, but you're going to have to sacrifice a person of your family in six generations, like is not a god that I want to be around. No, thank you. So obviously. Hard pass. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the tentacle thing, like it's just very creepy. I just was like, I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. My next hate it was one of your favorite scenes, the nipple piercing situation. That was my favorite more tension scene because Ray and Leon don't actually have sex themselves in that scene. It's more of a foreplay-esque kind of scene. But yeah, so yeah, well, I'm actually very surprised. Like, I thought that you were going to be like here for this scene. Why? Why do you not like it? So as someone who has had their nipples pierced. Riding a dildo and having a vibrator on your clit would not be happening while you get pierced. This is a demon monster <laughs> romance novel. <laughs> but no, I get it. It's just it's not realistic. The second time reading it through, it was hard to kind of get on board with it. Get on board with it because it's like, you know, the first time I'm like, oh, I've never read something like this. I'm, I'm here, here for this for body mod- modification. Okay. But then rereading it and getting to that scene, I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. This would not be happening. Interesting. Well, yeah, no, it would just, that, no, you're right. It's not realistic in any way, but it was a good scene. But I get it because I've never had my nipples pierced, so I like, I don't have that. It's like you wouldn't be you know sitting I mean? up like that. I mean, you're I like, don't, yeah, I don't think, yeah, no, that whole thing is just very made up. Yeah, like you, you would not be having a vibrator on your clit and like be, like be able to like sit still while someone shoved a needle through your nip. No, and also chose, and have it look good and like yeah. And Leon also chose the biggest dildo, and yeah. he's like, "If you fit me, you can fit this dildo." I'm like, poor Raylan, like she just cannot catch a break from Leon. Like, oh my god. I know it's petty. I know, but, but hey, we all have petty moments. That's just one of yours. Yeah. So my last hate that I had was the ending is very quick and there's really no follow-up after Ray survives. I definitely wanted more, but I have hope that since this is a series, we may get more in other books, specifically Everly's. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. that maybe we'll get a little bit more cleared up with the very last book of the series. Yeah. But like when shit starts to go down with like once Leon kind of gets taken out by the Reaper and Ray gets kidnapped by Jeremiah. Things escalate so quickly. Yeah, it's so fast. And then it's literally like the book ends and then the epilogue. I'm like, what was even the point of this epilogue? It was like two and a half pages. Yeah, and there was really, there was no dialogue. It was all just Ray internally, like, monologue. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been, like, it's been a few weeks. Like, that's the biggest time jump that we have is, like, it's been a few weeks since the god has been injured. I think it was, like, four days. Oh, was it really four days? Yeah. Oh. It wasn't I even that was, long. Oh, okay. I think it's a couple weeks in book two. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, either way, like, it was just, like, very fast, and I just was, like, now Raylan has marked herself and sold her soul to Leon and we get no, nothing about that. Like, I think we get a brief comment where Leon is like, I'm glad that you're finally mine. And like, that is it though. Like there's, yeah. and I'm just like, you know, give me one more smutty scene. Like after you guys just like survived a sacrifice, it just ended very abruptly. Yeah. My last one kind of picking up on that. I was slightly confused by the timeline throughout the plot thankfully things did get clarified towards the end that everything everything happened over like a few months time span yeah because when if you think about it 
the beginning of the book, Ray is starting her fall semester, which is in August. You normally start school August, end of August, beginning of September. Yeah. And then by midway, you're at Halloween. And then she doesn't get sacrificed then, but it's like you don't necessarily know how long till then that stuff does happen. So I was like a little thrown off. Yeah, and I also just feel like the timeline from the start of the book to the Halloween party did not give off that it was over a month. But also, you don't know how long Leon was really gone and how much time jumped when he was not around around to Raylan's knowledge. So yeah, I agree. It is a little little jumbled Mm -hmm. with trying to figure out, okay, how did this book pace-wise... That's why I can't really tell if I liked the pacing or not because it did kind of... You're a little lost, mm-hmm. a little confused. Yeah, and I agree. All right, and then obviously my favorite sex scene I kind of talked about when I was in my book report, mm-hmm. <laughs> which <laughs> was the scene at Kent ha- in Kent's bedroom. When, at the Halloween party. At the Halloween party where they have that like fantasy role play and like it's just really rough. It's really dirty. I just was really here for it. What was your favorite sex scene? So mine was the church graveyard. So the first one. Yeah, the first one. Okay. That, I mean, that was a really good sex scene, too. It was so good. Because it kind of has that consent, non-consent element, too. And then also just, like, the gymnastics that yes. kind of took place Yeah, outside. So what was your favorite tension scene? Because my favorite tension scene was the nipple piercing. And I know that's not yours. No, that's definitely not mine. My favorite one was in the library, just because there was so much good dirty talk. So much good sexual tension. And then he was a dick at the end by leaving. And just walking away, yeah. That's a good one, too. Because then I was left wanting more, and I was like, that's how I want my tension scenes to be. I feel that. Yeah, where it feels like an ice water bucket has been dumped on your head as a reader. Yeah, in addition to the characters. Yeah, I can only imagine how Ray must actually be feeling. This is actually happening to her. Right. (laughs) But all right, Alex, I think it's about time to jump into our casting call. Yes. All right, so in this episode, we will be casting Raylan, we'll be casting Leon, Kent, and Inya. So you want to start us off with your Ray casting? Yep. So Do you just have the one? I just have the one. Okay. So my choice for Ray is Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. Yes. I. Oh, yeah, she fits. Yeah. I chose. I had two. I do have one that is, like, my overall, like, this is my casting, but I also did a kind of throwback. Okay. So for my, like, full-on, this is who I'm picturing, Lucy Hale. Yeah. Lucy Hale's aesthetic is very much exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and that was the aesthetic for Maisie, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I think that Lucy Hale definitely has that, like, e-girl vibe to her. But my throwback was Rachel Bilson. Just obviously make her a little bit more Mm e-girl. All right, moving on to our Leon. I'm really excited for who you chose for Leon. So for Leon, I chose, I think you've chosen him in a previous episode. Ooh, okay. Alex Pettifer. Yeah, I have chosen Alex. Okay. But like him now. Oh, what does he look like now? He's got a little more scruff to him. Oh, okay. He looks a little more of a, he has a little more bad boy edge. I'm here for that. Okay, so my choice is kind of, I think we're kind of on a similar wavelength, maybe. So my Leon casting was Alan Richardson. He is, Who's he? He is from, he plays Thad in Blue Mountain State. Have you ever seen this show? I have not. Okay, he was also, uh, he was a new girl. He was like a 
Just like a one. Like a guest star? Yeah. Okay. Now I know. Okay. okay. Yeah. And like that. He's been in some other stuff too. Oh yeah. He's been in a lot of things. I just don't know why I just that, na- that name didn't that's stand like, out. Yeah. He just like, he's got the build. Like he's big. He's bulky. He's also blonde. Leon is blonde. You just got to add some tattoos. Easy Good enough. to go. So who is um, your bestie, Inya? So I went with a Bollywood star. Ooh. And her name is Tara or Tara. I don't know which one. Suturia. I don't really. She was on um, India's Disney Channel. She was like a Disney Channel star in India. Nice. Um, but I don't recognize anything else she's been in because it's obviously she's an Indian actress in India. But <laughs> Oh, she's really pretty. Oh, she's freaking gorgeous. But that's kind of who I was picturing as Inya. Who did you choose? All right. My choice for Inya is Iona Alexis. She was in 13 Reasons Why. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's really pretty, too. I like that. That's a good choice as well. And then for my Kent. Our bad guy. So my Kent is Alexis Denisov, who he plays. He's in um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who's married to Allison Hannigan. I think Hannigan is her last name. He just gives me, like, evil Kent dad vibes, like, leading the historical. Because I think he plays, his role is, like, he's Buffy's handler in Mm -hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, like... That just gives me very Kent being in the historical cool society. society. So who's your Kent? So my Kent is Mads Michelson. Yeah. Um, he's in the new Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore movie. He's plays one of the bad guys in the first Doctor Strange movie. Oh, yeah. He looks like a villain. And he's got the gray hair because mm-hmm. Kent does have the... Oh, yeah. I like that choice. Yeah, he does look like a good villain. But he also um, kind of has like that poshness to him as well, which I feel like Kent has you know just the privilege yeah <laughs> the privilege element he like and he plays a great villain villain no i like i like all of our casting once again we're pretty good at this we are and i like that we have different interpretations like we rarely ever cast the same person and obviously all of our casting will also be found on instagram emotions and potions pod as well as tiktok yep so now that we've casted the perfect people what's the soundtrack yes so i have five songs I also have five songs. Okay, perfect. So the first song that I chose, which kind of, I'm just picturing this as the overall soundtrack song for the whole book. And it's Disturbia by Rihanna. Good choice. I just feel like this doesn't really need. Doesn't need an explanation. explanation, But just like overall theme, Disturbia, Rihanna. I picked an overall song as well. What's your overall song? So my overall song, not just for this book, but I feel like it's going to kind of be like the overall for like the whole trilogy is Scary People by Georgie K. That really needs all that much explanation. Explanation either. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like all of my songs for this are very straightforward. My next song is summoning, is summoning. (laughs) (laughs) My next song summons up, I think, Raylan. Okay. Really well, and especially because I really liked her aesthetic. E-Girls Are Ruining My Life by Corpse. Dude, that's my song. Do you have one too? That, that you pick have that? is for, um, I, I took that song as like the demons and their love for their girls. So I also kind of took it that way, but I just felt like it matched so well for Raylan because she does kind of fall into like how they depict like the girl Style that they're talking wilds. about. Yeah. And then also like it is kind of like darker mm-hmm. and like grungy. Like it's not grunge, but like it's a little darker of a song. 
and it also like incorporates like Leon, like the demon element. Yeah. So yeah, like oh yeah, I you definitely you added that song to the playlist, and I was just like, wow, this is the perfect. Song. Like I was like, there's no way I'm not picking it. Yeah, it has to be, and obviously we're on the same wavelength, right? I did pick a song for Miss Raylan, "All My Sins" by Transviolet. Good one. I like that. So my next song is "Die for You" by Beauty School Dropout. And this is, it's just pretty much like, I'm going to die for you. And like Leon literally is willing to die for Raylan. And Raylan kind of did. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. And so I just thought that that was a really good, just like over encompassing song as well. It's a good one. So I have a song for sad Leon. Oh, okay. What's that? Like, you know, him being kept prisoner and just kind of even like with his first human love, how his heart got broken. Just, you know, sad Leon vibes. And it's above and below by the bravery. Oh, that's a good one. That does sum up. Oh, sadly on. Sadly on. My next song is Finally Slash Beautiful Stranger by Halsey. And I like I kind of just think of this song as Raylan finally like meeting somebody who kind of accepts her for her. And it's kind of like finally like I've met like my person. Yes. And it is like a sweeter song. That's a good one. So my last song. <laughs> is for Ray and Leon's obsession for each other. And it's When You Say My Name by Chandler Layton. Oh, that's a good song. And that sums them up pretty well, too. I like that. And my last song kind of embodies Raylan and Leon's, like, love, too. And it's called We by Mac Miller featuring CeeLo Green. And I just think that there's a one line in it where it's like, he goes, um, I think we sound better than you and me or yeah. like you or me. And so I just like and, you know, like Le- Leon's whole thing is like he wants to be one with her. Like, yeah, he wants to be a we. <laughs> he definitely wants to be a we. <laughs> so I just thought that that like was really cute. And like, that's a cuter song, too. I will say I had so much fun making this playlist. I did, too. And I think that this playlist is ballin'. Like it was hard to kind of narrow down just five songs. Yeah. To, like, point out. Yeah, and this playlist will be on our Emotions and Potions Spotify playlist mm-hmm. account. Which is Emotions and Potions pod. Yeah. Just which like is, our socials. Yep. And then, obviously, we'll also have, like, the link on our Instagram as well. And in the episode description. All right, Alex. Well, I think it's that time of rating Her Soul to Take by yeah. Harley LaRue. Let's get it. So let's start off with that spice rating. What did you give it? I gave it a 4.5. A 4.5? Because I do think, slight spoiler ahead for when we cover book two, I think book two is spicier. I do too. So I kind of kept that in mind when rating this one. Okay. I gave it a four. I gave it a four out of five. I think that it's definitely spicy. Obviously, it's a monster romance book, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. You know, like there are different elements that like you definitely need to be aware of. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that it definitely was spicy. So Oh yeah, definitely yeah, spicy. Yeah. And what's your overall book rating? So overall, I really did enjoy this book, especially as a reread. I was actually surprised how much I liked it as a reread. Mm-hmm. I gave it an 8.7 out of 10. I thought that it was a pretty, just overall, really good book. What did you give it? I gave it a 7.5 out of really? 10. Wow. Why? Just because I really do think you need the other books. So as like a standalone, it just doesn't do it for you. As a standalone, it doesn't do it for me because of the confusing timeline and some of the plot holes. 
again, they get, you know, addressed in the second one, which all in all makes the series better. But just to only read this one, I would be lacking in satisfaction. I gotcha. I agree with you. It's not bad, though. No, no. I agree with you on what you're saying. I think the reason why I didn't dock it so much for that is just because I really just enjoyed Leon and Ray that I kind of was like, I, I don't care if there were some things that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. I was yeah. still like, I really, I, I really enjoyed them. But then also with the epilogue, it's like, yeah, the epilogue was pointless. Like I really didn't like that. So then when they like, you know, defeat the big bad, you don't get a whole lot of gratification after that either. So no. it's just, right. that was another reason for kind of docking it. You're not wrong. So Alex, I guess my final question to you for this episode of emotions and potions Is it a love or is it a hate letter? I'm torn. You want to give it a hate, don't you? As a standalone, I want to give it a hate. (laughs) You're a tough critic. Well, I'll go then because hands down, this is going to be a love. I love it. I do love this book. I was content with it. I mean, obviously, I wanted a little bit more at the end, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I want a little bit more out of every book that I read and like that's just not realistic but like I didn't mind it as a standalone so I, I'm gonna give it a hard love like it, I liked it a lot I think if this was the only book available like if we didn't if we didn't know it was a trilogy if this was the only one that was published it'd be a hate for me but knowing there is a second one and I really like the second one and being super excited for the third one to come out it is a love but this by itself if it was the only thing that existed hate so are you doing that half bullshit again <laughs> No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go hate. I'm gonna go You're hate. You're gonna go full hate. I'm gonna go full hate. The soft hate. Soft hate. Okay, and I'm going a hard love. So we're very different ends of the spectrum on this one. I still really liked it. I know. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Emotions and Potions: A Love Slash Hate Letter to Her Soul to Take by Harley LaRue. And it was a love for me, and it was a soft hate from Alex. I stand by my choice. Hey, she's a tough critic. Nothing wrong with it though. <laughs> Make sure to follow us on the Instagram, Emotions and Potions Pod. Same thing on TikTok. Subscribe. Rate us and review us on whatever podcast streaming service platform you are listening on. And then also let us know if there's any book or anything that you want us to do an episode on. We're open to suggestions. Yeah, and also um, starting to do a thing on Instagram where... I post our monthly reading wrap-up, so if you see books on there... That That we've read that we're not doing for the pod, let us know. Yeah. But all right, Alex, I think think that sums it up. Wraps up another one for us. Yeah, and thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Until next time. Bye. Bye.